It was late one fall in Halloween land. The air had quite a chill. Against the moon, a skeleton sat alone on a hill. He was tall and thin with a bat bow tie. Jack Skellington was his name. He was tired and bored of Halloween land. Everything was always the same. <coughs> Welcome to Writing the Nerds. And if that wasn't a hint at what today's episode's about, I don't know what else to fucking tell you, because, I mean, Jesus, where have you been since 93? Uh, under a rock? In the closet. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, that should give it away. Right? I mean, I even <clears throat> said Jack Skellington. So, I mean, I can do it one better. Boys and girls of every age, would you like to see something strange? Uh, and, and if that doesn't just straight out fucking give it away. We're doing The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's the end of spooky season. We had a bunch of spooky stuff lined up, and then life kicked us all in the balls, or at least kicked me in the balls really hard this month. So we didn't get it to do it. We were going to finale it with The Nightmare Before Christmas because it kind of segues, but... I kind of think we all took one of the Tommy Knockers instead. Uh, We totally took one of the Tommy Knockers. Oh, my God. So, hey, we got All Saints Day to bring it back to you guys, so here we go. That was also a topic that was up for debate, which was Boondock Saints. But I think we all need to brush up on our Boondock Saints before we attack that one. I yeah. need to, I need to watch both of those movies again. It's been it's been a minute. Shut up! And then we'll Romeo's be- crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might have seen one up close. <laughs> hey, you don't know me. Do these make me look gay? You look like you might have seen one up close. <laughs> yeah. I can quote those movies really well. Oh, yeah. But. They're inflammatory, though. But I guess swinging back onto the topic, this works out because we are moving officially out of Halloween land now into. Christmas time. Which, hey, you know, who gives a shit about Thanksgiving? Let's skip that one. Let's move straight to Christmas. Hey, as long as I get my chicken and noodles and some fried turkey, I can skip Thanksgiving. But I need chicken and noodles and fried turkey. I want to add one to that. I, I need pumpkin pie as well. I can have that. Right. You know. And I can have chicken noodles and fried turkey all year round, too, but I don't know. There's something magical about Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But it's a trash holiday. I mean, it's just a reason for all for us to be, to delve into that wonderful sin of gluttony. Right. Overtake and watch. The advantage, at least, is this year it'll be post-election, so that way you won't have to listen to, well, you still have to, actually, I think it might be crazy uncles, you know, theories about <laughs> everything from high fructose corn syrup to, you know, fluoride. That's some fucking Alex water. Jones di- uh, conspiracies there. The Druce boxes are turning the kids gay. What? Have you not heard <laughs> Alex Jones' thing about See, juice boxes oh are turning gosh. kids remember, gay? It's I hilarious. Remember, yes. I remember chemicals in the water <laughs> turning frogs gay, but that one's a new one on me. Oh, no, yeah. Alex Jones totally thinks juice boxes are turning kids gay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's Alex Jones. Gator, it doesn't make any sense. Gator, you're blowing my mind with that statement. Alex Jones, if you believe that guy, get in a cup, you're a gaslighter. Donald Trump legitimized Alex Jones. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Enough On that, <clears throat> by the way, we didn't introduce ourselves. I am Kegger. This is Ray BG. And Cody. <laughs> <laughs> and Cody. And I want to give a shout out to all my indigenous people out there. Um, 
just want to give a shout out. I know Thanksgiving has nothing is in the, in the way that Americans celebrate it has nothing to do with you guys, to be honest. But I just want to thank you guys all for your contributions, and that's all I'm saying on that one. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm just gonna leave that there. We're gonna leave I, that. I believe it's part of. Didn't you say you saw something that was like a Native American Appreciation Month? month yeah, yeah, they made a month for Indigenous people. I guess I. So just putting a shot out there. Yeah, let's give them one of the coldest months of the year. Good idea, guys. <laughs> so swinging back, uh, Tim Burton writes this kind of. I'm just gonna pin pin cushion that. Just boop, we're gonna come back to that. Never, because um, I did. I don't want to. Th- our dozen fans. <laughs> Dude, you just said that juice box is from Alex Jones. But it's Al- it's from Alex Jones. And that is not to be taken seriously because nothing coming out of Alex Jones's mouth. Like, I love that Alex Jones was railing against uh, transgendered people while also on his phone at that exact moment was also watching trans porno. Like, it was hilarious. Wow. Like, somebody caught it, was watching him, and caught the image of his phone blew up the phone, unpixelated it, and he was looking at tranny porn. <laughs> that man's a psychopath and needs to be institutionalized. Anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> we just... The election's coming up. I think our brains are all just fried. There's, there's no segue back to this, so... Right. Tim Burton. Like yeah, so Tim Burton writes this poem... Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas. And, uh, I don't know, it gets passed around, somehow ends up in the hands of Touchstone. They like it. Commission a movie. But not just any movie. A stop-motion, spooktastic movie. Oh, yeah. It's still one of the most beautifully done stop-motion movies I've seen. It is easily one of the most, like, it, it definitely stands out as one of the best that movie lets off. Absolutely. Um, in fact, most people can't name a stop motion movie, TV show, anything, but everybody knows Nightmare Before Christmas. And not just because. Um, oh, okay. And not just because the stop motion in the movie is beautiful, but goth girls everywhere dress up as Jack and Sally oh, yeah. all the time. So. I'm trying to think, because when you say that, the only Right, and that is uh, that's Neil Gaiman. Yeah, but yeah, it was directed by the same guy that did Nightmare. Yeah, he the guy. Yeah, that's a lot of people don't understand. Tim Burton did not direct the Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton wrote the poem. The movie is based off of. Gets the story by credit. Pretty much. He was also an executive producer. Yeah, he was. But it is. It does say Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. So he gets credit for creation, but I can't even remember that guy's name, um, and I'm just gonna look it up. Well, I guess Tim Burton does have stop motion though under his belt though because uh, the Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride. He's also got Frank uh, Frank and Weenie, yeah. um, and he did Frank and Weenie before. Before that's, that's he did a short in the '80s of Frank and Weenie. That's right. Um, but Tim, this basically this movie poem that turned into a movie created an entire genre. 
of movies and TV shows and stories. Uh, the spooktastic stuff. Oh, yeah. The fun creepilies. Um, I remember I was not allowed to watch it when I was a child. I got around that with a loophole. We watched it in school. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was actually incredibly family-friendly. It is very family-friendly. Yeah. Um, but this is also the same family we're talking about, my family, that I had to watch an hour-and-a-half-long video or movie put out by some uber-religious Christian sect about all the evils that Harry Potter really represents. Oh. Um, I was told that the arts do nothing but promote homo, uh, homosexuality, and I was not allowed to have any part of it. This was now. That was Patty. Was growing up. Oh, okay. As I was growing up. Yes, yeah, this is all stuff. When you, <laughs> when you deliver that name. We good. We good. Oh, cool. We're good. When you yeah. deliver that name to me at all, it makes perfect sense now. Right. Um, and I, I don't want to get too into it. Patty is my paternal grandmother. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to do with her. Um, she's batshit crazy. Uh, should be in an asylum as well. Just stick her and Alex Jones in the same cell and lock away the key. Um, But I loopholed it. I saw it uh, in... I was actually going to Broadview when Broadview was still in elementary school. I was in the fourth grade, and we watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, Was it for Halloween? It might have been around either Halloween or Christmas. It has to be one of the two. Um, Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I knew I wasn't supposed to be watching this. This wasn't something that my family allowed me to watch. Of course, my family also wouldn't allow me to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What? Oh, I watched the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, My mom had nothing to do with that. And when she found out, because that was mine and my mom's shit, and when she found out they wouldn't let me, we watched nothing but But, fucking, uh, not but fucking, but we watched nothing but Ninja Turtles when I went to her house. That would be a weird, another weird that. conversation all the way around. Guys, I'm, I'm going to come out and apologize. We just have so many air quotes that are just coming out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And you, this yeah. being a radio medium, you can't see our air quotes. Um, and I even still did the air quote thing when I said that. <laughs> they can't see us. <laughs> So anyway, I I don't know. I absolutely fell in love with it. I have favorite moments. Uh, I have a favorite song, Jack's Lament. Oh, yeah. um, I love that song. Uh, the white, uh, the plain white tees absolutely butchered that song yeah. on the the remake. Oh, yeah, yeah the, mm. no, I, I liked the plain white tees until that point. I was um, say, your, your family wouldn't let you watch Ninja Turtles only because they too, like Shrek, hated anchovies. <laughs> I hate anchovies. Um, I'll make turtle soup. But this was, I mean, when did that come out? Was it after Batman Returns? I think it was. And see, I had Batman Returns on VHS in my room. Like, I could watch it on my VCR. What is this? Children, Children that may listen to this one day. A VCR was a device that was connected to your television that was kind of like a Blu-ray player, but it made a tape, like you had a tape that ran off of magnetic strips. And you sometimes had to fiddle with knobs to get the tracking right, so it didn't like... Oh, God, tracking? These children will never understand the concept of... Yes. I want to think about this. If those mediums do survive, I can 
mm-hmm. I actually see them some. I remember VHS because that's what we had until the early 2000s. I remember laser discs. Yeah, that's what I was going to say next, laser discs. I remember they were big ass. They were like the precursor to CDs and DVDs. Oh my God, they were huge. Like, oh my God. Anyway. Um, and see, that's another thing. You did bring up Batman Returns before we went off on this VHS and trip down memory lane and teaching the kids on what a VCR was. Um, Paul Rubens is in both. He is. Yeah. Because he's one of the kids in the Nightmare Before Christmas. The three. Shock. Yeah. Lock. Because lock, it's yeah. lock is the little devil kid. Shock is the witch girl. And barrel is the little skeleton boy. Okay. Lock, shock, and barrel. <laughs> So he's Locke. Um, he's also Mr. Cobblepot because you never find out his name. I think they, they right. actually gave him a name in Gotham. Yeah. Because he came back and played damn near the same. He played the same character in right. Gotham. And actually both the parents of the Penguin in Batman Returns are from Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> Which was Tim Burton. Yeah. Tim Burton did Pee-wee's Playhouse? Yes, I thought it was Andy Kaufman. Well, I mean, Andy Kaufman was dead by the time Pee-wee, but I thought yeah. he came up with the concept, and I thought originally Andy Kaufman was supposed to be Pee-wee. I thought Paul Rubens came up with it, and it was his, like, vengeance, basically, for not getting cast on SNL. Okay. It was something like that. It was just like, oh, really? You don't like this? Screw you. I'm going to make it a hit. Like. Yeah, I mean, and then he he he, he whacked it. Whacked it right out of the park. Okay. Um, so, swinging it back. Around again. <laughs> We're just—it's been a minute. Can you tell it's been a minute since the three of us have sat in a room, around get, a table, and talked into microphones? We got to get a government guy. No shit. <laughs> we really do. Twenty twenty just sucks. Right. I'm tired of being hurt by twenty twenty. It's done nothing but hurt me. Oh. <sighs> Yes, nice, nice goat. I don't know if anybody else will get that joke, but the nice goat. Um, There was a stand-up comedian who did uh, voices and did impersonations, and he's like, he was pissed because everybody loved, like women, even as an old man, loved Sean Connery. And he's like, Sean Connery can make every woman in this room wet if he were just sitting here on the stage petting a goat going, nice goat. (laughs) so your muff's little dude um we're way past that he's done hurt all of it so uh yes r.i.p sean connery the original james bond um Another, yeah, we're, so God, we're already way the hell off. This Tim Burton masterpiece. Now, it's weird because you mentioned Paul Rubens. He has a habit of working with the same people. Oh, yeah, all the time. Uh, it's interesting to note, Johnny Depp, nowhere to be found. Well, this was before Johnny Depp's star was really starting to rise. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of his classic, like, weird movies, The Ninth Gate, yeah. um, Oh, God, the one about Jack the Ripper. See, from, hell. Hell. from Hell. Yeah. That was amazing. I thought I disagree with that, though, because he had already, done, had already done Edward Scissorhands by this time. That's true. He had done so Edward that, Scissorhands. That sort of put but him out there for most. It, yeah, but he was still, he still did weird stuff. 
Like, The Ninth Gate is one of my favorite Johnny Depp movies. Um, he'd also done Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. Ed Wood came out in 94, didn't it? Something like that. Because I think yeah, this came did. out, I think Nightmare Before Christmas came out in 93. But that was another one of his frequent collaborators. Because then Sleepy Hollow came after. So it was like the, 96. the beginning of the millennium. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, yeah, they, they were working together, I guess. <laughs> Scheduling conflicts, I suppose. That uh, might have been. And this um, was before he hooked up with Helena Bonham Carter, so that's why she wasn't in it. Yeah, I mean, she shows up in The Corpse Bride later. Yeah, um, as does Depp. As does Depp, yeah. They, both of them show up in his direct, the one he actually directs, but which isn't near as good. It's good, but it's nowhere near as good as Nightmare. Um, and, in fact, I think the only thing Nightmare has as a contender is Coraline. Directed by the same fucking dude. Oh, yeah. So. I think, uh, what was it? The only longtime collaborator that I can honestly think of, aside from Paul Rubens, is uh, Danny Elfman. Yeah, Danny Elfman, who actually is the singing voice for Jack. Yeah, I mean, composed all the music. Composes all of Tim Burton's music. Mm -hmm. Everything Tim Burton does is composed by Danny Elfman. He does a damn good job. Danny Elfman has his character in the movie, too. He's the guy, he's the head in the base. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Danny Elfman's got a character in the movie. A five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, I did find out this, one of the last things, uh, the mayor, the guy that played the mayor. Oh, yes, Glenn Schaler. Yeah, one of the last things he did was a voice for the Batman, anim- the animated series, The Batman. He was the clue master. Oh, really? And he was even, like, his bad guy thing was even kind of Oogie Boogie-esque. He's he's a frequent Burton collaborator, Yes. He was in Beetlejuice. Uh, Oh, yeah, he was in, um... Yeah, yeah, you said Beetlejuice. I'm a dumbass. He was the weird guy that stole the book. Right. Um... Yeah, oh, him. (laughs) Oh, him. Never mind can I just, and this is going to, I don't want it to start another tangent, but I really want to see an Ace Ventura Pet Detective 3, <laughs> where he's retired, he's done, he hates people, he just lives in like a dog sanctuary or something. I could, yeah, actually. And he has to come back because maybe he has a boy. I don't know. Anyway, that tangent aside, Jim Carrey, if you ever listen to this for whatever fucking reason that you just stumble across it on the interwebs. Uh, do a third, do a third Ace Ventura, then be great. Um, boogie, boogie. boogie, boogie. Um, that was another thing. Like I was listening to, and it was a long time ago that I figured this out, mm-hmm. but in the opening Halloween town, mm-hmm. I am the shadow on a moon, on a moonless night, mm-hmm. uh, feeling your dreams with the brim, to the brim with fright. That's Oogie Boogie's line. Yeah, that yeah. is all Oogie Boogie. Um, and it took me way too long to figure that out. Like, and the only reason I did was because it, the shape of his head in the moon. And I was like, wait, that looked like Oogie Boogie. And he is a part of this town. so He's just not a very well-liked resident of the town. Well, I mean, he's got people that like him. Three of them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Catherine O'Hara as Sally and yeah, Shock. She was. I think she was Shock, too. But there you go, another bird. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. What else has she done? Oh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Duh. Um, <laughs> I forgot the other Glenn Shader Tim Burton movie. Which one is it? Planet of the Apes. 
Uh oh, I forgot oh, yeah. about that one. When Marky Mark fights the apes. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. And they yeah. still used that as a springboard for the movies that came after it. Yeah, kind of. I guess it did make enough money back, and Jim Roth had to turn down Harry Potter for that. Oh, uh, wow. He yeah. did. What was he supposed to be in Harry Potter? Snape. Oh, I'm so glad Alan Rickman got that yeah. over him. Yeah, Alan Rickman I like Tim character. Roth, but no, he's no Snape. Yeah. No. He's more of a Arthur Weasley, if anything. Um, Percy. Percy Weasley. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, we are just all over the place tonight. God, we haven't been done this in so long. Uh, it's because we got on the subject of Tim Burton. I mean, like, yes, and we could do an entire episode on Tim Burton alone. Which this had Ed all, Wood is great. This had all of Tim Burton on the show. The gothic imagery, the weirdness, like, just... The fun. The it's fun, yeah, fun say, too. It was, it, was, it was bright, yet gothic. Not to mention, this was an original work. Exactly. Tim Burton's shit lately has been all just rehashed stuff. Yeah, Dumbo, anybody? I still haven't seen Dumbo. I haven't either. So uh-huh. I mean, when you talk about rehashes. But Dumbo, uh, Alice in Wonderland, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I think the last original idea, and it wasn't even original because it was based off a book, was Big Fish. Yeah. But it was, that was, it still had the Tim Burton hallmarks in it. But it was the least Tim Burton movie I've ever seen Tim Burton direct. I don't know. I don't know because there there is a flavor of um, Beetlejuice in there. Like a little the, the bit. The world of Beetlejuice itself. Not a little bit, but not as near as bad. Because overall, it is a story about a man and his son. Yeah. Yeah. And how they reconcile their differences as the man dies. Yeah. Um, is going to his death. So, because um, I mean, even his son, like as you watch that movie, his son doesn't believe any of his stories. And they're going through some of his dad's stuff. And his mom gasps and starts crying. And she, he's like, what? And she's like, this is the letter they gave me when your father went missing during the war. And he was like, that happened? Yeah. You know? Um, and it's one of those things like uh, Ian McKellen says in the Hobbit, or in Lord of the Rings. Every good story needs a little embellishment. Right. So, you know, it just kind of, I really loved Big Fish. It's the one Tim Burton movie Randy will not watch. I have no idea why. Huh. I, I love that movie. Um, but yeah, Tim Burton, I don't know. I feel like, because he was already out there. We had Batman. Batman Returns came out in 92. So we had 89. Was it 89 that Batman came out? Yeah. Yes. 89, and then a 92 Batman Returns. Um, would have loved to see the third Batman movie by Tim Burton with uh, Robin Williams as the Riddler. Oh, see, yeah, Robin Williams is always the perfect Batman. Yeah, and he'll never ever get to do it. I would have loved to see Hugo Strange though. Oh, he'd have been a great Hugo. Hugo, Hugo, fuck, Hugo then, Strange. Then, then the series got Schumacher. Oh yes, Schumacher. Um, almost. Uh, I, I what's his name? That's gonna do the Battlestar. Gonna kill Battlestar Galactica uh, for everybody. Uh, Simon, Kinberg. Simon Kinberg. Fuck that guy. Hey, he might not be as bad. I mean, he is hit or miss, but how do you fuck up the same story twice? Because he tried to redo it with, like, one or two tweaks. Like that? He literally took the same damn script and went, it's this. Yeah. (laughs) The action was cool. I'll give him that. The action was cool on X-Men 3 and Dark Phoenix. But, so, Battlestar should have some good action scenes. As long as it's not like Battlestar Galactica 80s, 1980s. 
it is totally going to be the Battlestar 1980. That is exactly what he's going to do. Simon Kinberg, I'm going to kick you in the balls. <laughs> <sighs> is this going to be the Star Wars holiday special for Battlestar fans? I guess. It is totally going to do that. Happy Life Day, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so say we all. Sorry, I couldn't resist. No. <laughs> so this movie, like you guys mentioned earlier, came out in 93. So right after the second Batman. Yes. Okay. Yes. Ninety three. I moved here in. Ni- I moved to Indiana. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Everybody feel bad. From another state, which was actually a decent state. Well, I'm not going to say that. We came from Charleston, South Carolina. North Carolina. Um, I loved it there, but I think it's because of the ocean. Yeah. And not all of the very. Subtle racism. <laughs> yeah, I I can see exactly what you're talking about. Like, the market is still there. Yeah. It's a historical site, so they can't tear it down. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's all it is is a pretty much it's redneck flea market now. Mm-hmm. It's just hilljacks and morons. Actually, I don't even know. I haven't been there. I'm what? I'll be 36 in a few days. I haven't been to Charleston, South Carolina since I was 13. That was the last time I saw it. Um, so I have no idea. But I remember when I was a kid, the market was still there. Yeah. And then I remember finding out what that market was. And I was like, I felt gross. Yeah. As a child, I felt disgusted by the fact that this market <laughs> still existed. Pretty good reason to feel gross. Um, Tim Burton, on the other hand, right. makes everything look gross, but in the prettiest way possible. Yeah, I'd say, going back to your comment earlier, the least... Yeah, actually, I, I you got me there because. I mean, I I wouldn't be on the vibration. <laughs> uh, uh, God, if Mark Wahlberg ever hears this and sees me, I'm just an ass kicking. Uh, uh, I mean, he's uh, still not done anything to Eminem, and Eminem did nothing but slam him for like ten minutes about being Marky Mark. So, I mean, but it's Eminem, and he was probably a little bit scared. Um, right. Just because Eminem's entourage is probably bigger than. Right, we, yeah, we'd be screwed. Um, offer him a Wahlburger to make peace. <laughs> ah, anyway. <laughs> you can go sell bunny on me. Uh, 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 oh. Sorry. <laughs> All right, I'll bring, I'll bring my posse. They're all new kids on the block. Too. Right? But they might even delve into their little offshoot group that they kind of joined up with, the Backstreet Boys. So, oh, yeah. I mean... We all saw that one coming, right? All right. <laughs> you are. I've been watching the hell out of that. Like, oh, just yeah. that scene mm-hmm. from uh, Nine Nine. <laughs> Somebody on TikTok did it with uh, Among Us characters. Oh, God. Uh, with Among Us. Oh, my God. They they dubbed it. It was hilarious. Ironically, that's Number five. Thing. Number five, kill my brother. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't played it, but twice. I still don't really know what the hell I'm doing. I'm trying to get the kids to teach me how to play it, but they just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool idea for a game. I don't like. I love the. That's why I got it because I loved the whole idea of it. I'm like, just the subterfuge and misdirection and misinformation. Like, it's very complex game, and these kids have no idea how to play it. <laughs> so, oh, red super sus. 
yeah, but while you're sussing on red, I'm over here fucking shit up. (laughs) 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 I swear to God, every time the kids play, they they say every one of them. Oh, so-and-so's acting sus. No, Genesis acting sus. No, Emika's acting sus. And it's just like, and I'll walk around and figure out who's actually, and like, it'll be none of them. Right. None of them are the imposter. And so, oh my God, that's Tim Burton's next movie. That's it. Among Us. <laughs> They're cutesy little characters. It's kind of a creepy concept. Mm-hmm. There are vents. There are monsters. Tim Burton, I'm pitching you your next movie, bud. Among Us. I mean, if it's not going to be him or him, it's a Ridley Scott because if it involves space and monsters and shits, then there right. you go. Tim Burton is also getting ready to do a series on HBO Max, I think. I can't remember what the hell it is. It's not the Addams Family one he's doing. It is the Addams Family one. Ugh. I have I kind of have problems with it, but I also realize it's in his wheelhouse. It is in his wheelhouse, so I'm okay with it. It's completely in his wheelhouse. It's black and white. Right. Well, I mean, he'll have colors. Well, he might. I don't know. It's black and white. It's already kind of creepy. It fits. Have you ever seen the college humor thing about a Tim Burton movie meeting? Uh, no. I mean, I'll have to go and watch You'll it. have to Google it or YouTube it. Or is that even a fucking thing anymore because of all the other weird shit out there? Uh, but look it up. It's hilarious because it is literally every Tim Burton movie. And it, it's everybody. Like, they got a guy that looks like Danny Elfman. And he was like, Elfman, what do you got for me? Dun 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 doodly 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 dun 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 <laughs> like every time I play this video for somebody, Randy gets so mad at me because it's true. It is. It's like, what about makeup and costumes? I still have a bunch of the white paint from the last six movies. <laughs> Are we doing an original? No. We'll do a story that already exists, but is kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, you know what? If anything, he does have a thing for not doing original works at the moment. So. Right. I'm hoping he'll I, get out of that. Because yeah. his original stuff's actually good. What's good and what made him right. famous. His original shit. Um, I do realize that that probably gets harder as it goes. but. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Look at James Patterson. Look at Stephen King. They just cr- book cranking machines. Oh yeah. Um, and I've got a. There's about a billion other ones that just crank out books left and right. So long as the state of Maine exists, Stephen King can write a novel. Right. I yeah. Swear, like that. That's his muse. It's just that state. I love. What was it? Uh, before, the Family Guy. Yeah. The Family Guy episode. Uh, What's your next book? It's about a family and a lamp monster. Ah. When can I have it? (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, Tim Burton's definitely good at what he does. And I think, honestly, The Nightmare Before Christmas is probably the best example of everything that's in his wheelhouse coming together. Right. Um, And honestly, probably the first time it ever did. And, and the funniest thing about all of it is he didn't fucking direct it. Yeah, <laughs> um, let's get into it. Uh, Jack Skellington yeah. is Prince Humperdinck from yes. The Princess Bride. Chris Sarandon. Yeah, there you go. I can never remember his fucking name. Junior. Yeah. Susan Sarandon's brother. Hey, I thought it was his ex. Is it was his it? brother? I thought. 
Oh, yeah, oh there, yeah. Uh, I thought it was his uh, brother. I'm, I could be wrong, guys. Don't quote me on this. I'll look it up. I, I'm, I'll look it up, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not a... And he does, every time they do a Kingdom Hearts, he comes back to do the voice. Yep. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Oogie Boogie, I can never remember that guy's name, but he was also the crocodile from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah. Um, which I have a special place in my heart because all of that movie takes place in New Orleans, even though they don't really say it, but the Mardi Gras kind of gives it away. Yeah, never mind. I listened to Silence of the Sea and Sparrow, and I forget the song. Ray BG got it right. Ray BG! Um, or the women. Uh, to the pain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ironically, though, Drop. Chris Randon was the main um, Jack Ellison in there, but I think there was a voiceover done by another actor that was similar, that had a similar voice to him. Danny means. Elfman did the singing. Yeah, that's that's who it was. Danny, Danny Elfman, yeah, he, uh, Chris Sarandon couldn't sing. Yeah. So Danny Elfman sang the parts, but uh, the character stuff was Chris with Chris, yeah, Chris Randon, yeah, all of the character stuff. Gotcha. Eureka! Um. And the funny thing is, it's not that jarring either. Like Danny Elfman actually did a pretty decent Chris Sarandon voice, right? To sing. Like. I don't know, Danny Elfman. I'm not saying... I love Danny Elfman. Yeah. Danny Elfman has probably done movies that you didn't realize he did. Oh, yeah. Um, I know him and Robert Zemeckis are real close, too. Oh. Um, so, like, anytime Robert Zemeckis did something, Danny Elfman scored it. So, I mean, it's not just Tim Burton, but he definitely has, like, his people that he runs with. Oh, yeah. So, um... I was trying to think. There was I know I know of this Danny Elfman movie that was scored by Dan, or this movie that was scored by Danny Elfman that surprised me, but then I got to thinking about it and it made total sense. But I can't remember what fucking movie that was. Um, there's too much shit up here in the in the old <laughs> noggin. Right. Uh, I can't keep up with it. But uh, now I'm fuck. I'm trying to blank. I'm trying to think of some of the other characters. It's really kind of like another successful Halloween season's over, so Jack is like simply on cloud nine. We did it! Well, no, Jack's well, not on. The not town on is on cloud well, nine. Yeah, and Jack's like, yeah, it's been way too easy. Like, well, yeah. Um, With the slightest little effort of my ghost-like charm, I have been okay. Get out to streak. I was trying to think of um, the mad scientist name, Finkelstein. Doctor Finkelstein. Yeah, Finkelstein. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get the uh, the rights to Frankenstein, so they changed it to Finkelstein, which I think is actually funny because it's more of a doctor shithead, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think Finkelstein and Finkel matter, you know? Uh, who has really weird issues because he keeps trying to make a woman as opposed to just meeting one. And the first one doesn't work out so well, but that's for everybody's pleasure. Like, she's great. Um, she's so great, Rob Zombie wrote a fucking song about her. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, or at least the video heavily implied that it was Sally. Um, Catherine O'Hara, Sally. Great, great choice. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? And I was way too old to realize this. I always knew Zero's nose lit up, yeah. which was definitely a Rudolph equivalent. I was way too old before I realized it's a pumpkin. Huh. His nose is a jack-o'-lantern. That's true. 
Like, I don't know why it took me so damn long to figure that out, but I was definitely in my 30s. <laughs> so. By the way, guys, we mentioned Captain O'Hara. All you Ship's Creek fans, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Ship Creek, yeah. I love when she goes to do the wine commercial. And this is from season one. Right. She does the wine commercial and can't get it until she gets drunk. Right. <laughs> like that old Orson Welles piece. Any of you guys ever see that? I'll have to look that up. Oh, look it up because it is clear. He is just getting hammered. <laughs> as the days. filming is going on. Yes. It's like, and they're just like, all right, let's run it again. And he starts out, he's like, <laughs> 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 fucking call this one down. Dial her back about 45%. I'm going to need you to take about 25% off there, Orson. Um, what, everyone can just says that now? If I ever see Squirrely Dan, I'm just going to throw crunch berries at him. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Another episode entirely, but... Um, here, man, have some crunch berries. And it's the oops all berry one. Um, oh wow! So Jack is is lamenting like that gets to my favorite song. Um, I'm, I gotta admit, what I just read kind of made me mad. What? And it was, and I realized why they cut it out. But Patrick Stewart recorded narration for a prologue and epilogue to the movie that he used. Oh wow! Oh, wow. That very that the narration is included in the soundtrack album. Wow! Right? Huh? That would have been epic. Right? Oh, my God. I don't even know if Randy knows that. I might have had a fucking... I might have stumbled across a nightmare factoid that my wife doesn't know. (laughs) I'm going to have to find that so I can fucking show it to her. Oh, God, yeah. Baby, we did Nightmare tonight. She's going to be mad. She's going to hit me because I didn't tell her we were doing Nightmare, but we didn't know what we were doing until we got here. Um... <laughs> this is actually, I think, the worst we've ever tried to prepare. Like, no, Buffy. Was I was I here for yeah. Buffy? Oh yeah, yeah Buffy, right. was, Buffy awful. was awful. Yeah, we did not prepare at all for Buffy. This is an apology about six months too late for anybody who heard that. But yeah, uh, but I mean, hell, Nightmare Before Christmas is one that I am pretty sure anybody who has a pulse and grew up in the nineties remembers. Right, uh, and, and the you on. you kids who who were born in in ninety seven. To 99, we grant you a seat at the table, but you are not a member. Well, let's be honest. If you, watch, <laughs> if you know who Sally is, then you know who Jack is. Oh, yeah, Jack oh, and yeah. Sally. I've got... <laughs> I've got you can't walk into a hot topic without... <laughs> oh, fuck, no, no, no. And like I said, goth girls everywhere. Everywhere. Look at TikTok. Find the people that do the weird, wild makeup on TikTok. They all have a Jack and Sally makeup. I swear to God, it does not take you long. Um, I do remember there was something about, uh, maybe it was an American dad joke, but uh, when they were making fun of Steve's first girlfriend, she looks like she knows every line to the nightmare before Christmas. (laughs) God bless Seth MacFarlane. Palpable. Oh, ungodly. It has to. You can walk in and just feel it. Um, we need to do a Seth MacFarlane episode because I agree. 
I have been talking about Ted and Ted 2 for days now. Um, I'm going through TV withdrawals because there is no TV where I'm at. Um, it broke the day we got there. There's no TV. So I'm just Deadpool. Just rattling. Just I will randomly rattle off a Deadpool line. Look, right. heads, you did it for me. Tails, you did it for me. No one's looking because you did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, with the, I told Shaw you the Becky Lynn, the, the Becky and all that shit. Yeah. I showed you that. Um, oh God, I miss yeah. TV. I, I haven't seen all of the boys. I haven't seen the Mandalorian. I'm being a bad nerd. Actually, I've been reading a lot of comics, so I'm trying to pull up my nerd cred no, in other areas. Right, and like this one happened in the '90s, just to harken back to all you youngsters out there. Uh, before DVRs, when you had to program your damn VCR to like oh god, stuff for you. I used to, I used to. Oh look, we're bringing it back to the VCR. I go. used to record music videos on MTV. Remember when MTV yeah. played music? I would record my favorite videos. So like, if I knew it was coming on, I record that shit. Um, I had videos of just music videos. It was awesome. Uh, A VCR was oh sorry, <laughs> God that makes me feel old. Back in my days, well it's like I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about Polaroid pictures, oh, shit. and uh, they actually stopped the the episode and was like yeah well well it was before like twenty year anniversary thing going on. They talked they were talking about Polaroids were the dirty camera, like if your family had a Polaroid they were dirty pictures of your family somewhere. Like, mom and dad had nasty pictures. That was the nasty picture camera. And somebody goes to try to explain that, and they were like, shake it. There was a song, shake it. And they're like, dude, that's like a 12-year-old reference by itself. (laughs) Shake it like a Polaroid picture. It is is an old reference by itself. Oh, okay. Now that you feel a couple more gray hairs sprouting on your head. Yep. Or, in my case, falling off my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that settles that then. Right, uh, right, right. Um, we'll leave that alone. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Jack Skellington is the king of Halloween land. Halloween town. Sorry. Is it land or town? I know the town is Halloween town. But I, yeah, because it's Christmas town and yeah. then Halloween town. I think, yeah, Halloween okay. Town. So. And my, I think my wife's going to slap me. Just, I think I felt it already. It just, it's happened. You can see the handprint forming. Right, it's already starting. Um, my wife would kill me if I didn't know everything about uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. But I might have something that will top her. Uh, the Patrick Stewart thing. Anyway, uh, he's been doing it. And we're, like, we could probably just say he's been doing it for centuries. If not millennia, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you get bored with shit after a while. The same shit every time, over and over. And at this point, he's not even trying. You know, it just happens. So he's kind of feeling like he's not being challenged, which is, God, I feel like I'm a parent. I am. I mean, I am a parent, but I feel like that's something I would say to my kids. Are you not being challenged in school? Um, uh, yeah. No, my kids are definitely being challenged in school. Um, 
to the point where one of them cries almost daily. Right. Um, but he's, he, he's lost that lust for life. He's lost that reason for being. And he's kind of on an, you know, he's just taking a walk and he gets lost and stumbles across the grove. And I can't remember, there's a name for that grove. But there's different doors and trees and stuff. There's an egg and there's um, a four-leaf clover. Um, I think there's a turkey to harken it back to that food holiday. Yeah. Um, and then the one that catches his eye has a weird tree-shaped door on it. He falls down and fucks this. Sorry. What's this? Um, and well, what is it? The... You establish the characters, you create a problem, and you have to overcome said problem. And this is the filmmaking in a nutshell. All right. So he finds something amazing, something that tantalizes his, his imagination. Um, Which gives us probably the one song, like you said earlier, everybody knows what's this. Right, what's here. this. Um, Fly Leaf actually did a really good cover of that song. Uh, Marilyn Manson did a great cover of Halloween Town. Um, as you were describing what he's like, you know, when he goes through the door, I immediately started churning verses through my head. Right, like, yeah. what's this? What's this? I'm There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. There's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. The smell of cakes and pies are absolutely everywhere. The sights, the sounds are everywhere and all. Sorry. Um. Right, it, like the whole fucking movie is great. Like, yeah, there's not a single misstep. Right, and it it is surprisingly wholesome. Which, after watching it as a child, mm. illegally, <laughs> in my mind, right, illegally, I didn't understand what the fuck was the problem with it. Mm. Like, it was a great movie. It had a great moral to it. It ended happy, um, and that's when I started realizing that one side of my family's might be a little fucking bonkers. So, um, turns out they're batshit crazy, but, uh, it is, it is a very good, wholesome story. And it does play upon, uh, fuck Christmas themes, Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer up on the housetop, you know? Um, yeah. And it's kind of that weird, like it's almost too from a, reminded me because as I watched it later on I started to appreciate it more as I got older when I was younger I'm like okay this is cool but then as I got older I'm like this is what happens for someone like me who's socially awkward right tries to like give gifts to people I, <laughs> I don't exactly give them a shrunken head in a box but at the same time it's like sometimes it falls flat and the word and the worst part of it is if you're socially awkward dude you fucking Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, you can feel the crickets. Even though there are no crickets, you almost feel like there are crickets there like chirping. Can just, you can just feel that tension, too. And it's it's funny because it comes from a wholesome place of Jack. He legitimately wants to give gifts to everybody across the planet. He wants them to feel like he felt when he first discovered Christmas Town. Right. Um, it was amazing, and it was wonderful. Uh, but he couldn't, with his twisted sense, couldn't convey it properly. Right. So, yeah, I can see what you're saying about the awkwardness. Um, and, that, and that's that thing in all of us, too. It's like, you know, if we might not be, it, even the weirdest of us, like, we still have that 
wholesome urge, and we're trying to show it in our own way, but our right. way does not translate well sometimes. Exactly. Kind of like um, Elijah Wood's character in Wilfred. Where he finally, at the end of the episode, goes up to the girl that he lives next door to, and he's like, hi, and he, he introduces, he's I'm awkward. Yeah. You know, he's like, I'm awkward. Um, great series. I haven't watched the the, uh, the Australian version, mm-hmm. but it's the same guy in the suit. Yeah. Like, I love that. That's awesome. Just root him right up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gay. It's got nothing to do with gay. Show him who's boss. Root him right up the ass. <laughs> Sorry. Wilfred. Dogs. Hilarious. Anyway. No, bad dog. Um, it also could be seen as... Anyway. Um, I'm not going to go down there. We'll do that later. <laughs> I was about to go off on a tangent about it, and I'm trying to stop myself. <clears throat> so, the one thing that I always did kind of fucking didn't understand is the the Jack and Sally romance. I know it doesn't just show up out of nowhere. They hint at it from the beginning. Sally is very much enamored with Jack. Yeah, it's it's almost unrequited, but it's it is very unrequited at first. The funny thing about that is though, is once again, the older I got, I I took more meaning out of that was Jack is so self-absorbed in his own listlessness his own misery he can't see what's going on around him oh that's a good fucking point it's like if you if you've ever had a depressive episode and you've hit that rock bottom okay somebody could absolutely tell you that you were the most wonderful person in the world to them and, you're and you would not like, hear it yeah you're it's gonna go through one ear and out the other and it's gonna be like yeah that's mine uh <laughs> right yeah like it, it was weird like to me jack made perfect sense the older i got yeah, this dude is looking for that one thing that he can use to bring his life up from what he feels is his lowest point. And he's pushing for that. He's pushing yeah. it away. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's pushing that away. It's right there, tapping on his shoulder. Because he sees a chance to reinvent himself as something he's not, ignoring who he is at the core. Right. Like, it's absolutely that whole, I can be something completely different. What the heck? I went and did my best, you know? Yeah. So, again, like, it, it's kind of funny because I think, once again, that's Tim Burton, like, trying to explain his childhood in a nutshell. Too. I'm pretty sure that's just Tim Burton trying to explain his personality, period. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure if we were to meet Tim Burton, he'd be just as fucking awkward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just has billions of dollars now or millions of dollars now that it doesn't matter how awkward he is he's got somebody he can pay for that yeah and it's because of that that i'm like i definitely feel a kindred spirit with this guy like you know him speaking through jack or or even edward scissorhands or beetlejuice or whoever you know anytime he is writing anything like that i'm like i get it beetlejuice 17 minutes of footage i know he's in that movie for 17 minutes I remember the faces. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, when they, they make their faces all scary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and nobody on in out there in Radio Land could see me making the gestures with my hands because this is a radio medium. Yeah. Um, but uh, I forgot what's going with that. Anyway. But, yeah, he uh, – let's get into – because we've talked about Paul Rubin. Yep. And uh, 
Halloween Town's greatest trick or treaters, Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Right. Um, every year, I see children dressed as Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Children, not okay. adults. Children. It's the funniest thing. I have the feeling the adults have something to do with the dress up, but you know, Lock, Shock, and Barrel, great Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yep. You know, or insert three names here: Larry, Curly, Mo. You know what the funny you know, thing is? Is I don't think. He saw it, like, the thumbnail of it, mm-hmm. and then yeah. on a streaming thing, he's like, what's that? And I'm like, <laughs> it's this! <laughs> and I'm like, this is gonna blow your friggin' mind. Like, you know, Sit down, then, little buddy, the next 80 minutes are gonna just be amazing. And then, yeah, he absolutely loves the opening song. He can oh, still yeah. sing it. Like, he, like, he, I mean, Everybody can sing that opening song. Oh, like, yeah. like, he absolutely... It's a Halloween staple. He fell in love with it, but... This movie will be timeless. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. It um, will long outlive us. Absolutely. Well, Hopefully. the only thing that I can think of that would be antiquated is the phones. Oh yeah, that's true. Because when they he finally gets to the real world and he's wreaking havoc across the land, and everybody's calling the cops. <laughs> the the phones, you know, people aren't going to understand. People today don't understand what slamming the phone actually feels like. Right. So you just hitting the end call Because you do not want to slam your phone today. Not today, don't break. Nope. <laughs> you do not want to. But back in the day, throwing that damn receiver down on the friggin' yep. hanger, you boom, just made you feel. Right. I don't know. It sounded like this. Click. You know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, like you guys, we're all old enough that I feel like, or you know, old enough yet young enough. That we all might have seen a rotary phone. Oh, I know. Oh, I've used one. I have used a rotary phone. Yeah. My grandmother had one. Yeah, mine did too. That's kind of funny. Um, she actually had to have it taken out because it was actually wired into the house. Yep. And she had to have it taken out because it was messing with the phone line. Oh, wow. It was so old that it would it was messing with the phone line. Do you remember how painful it was to dial a number? Oh, my God, yes. And I'll call if it were a zero. Pointy fingers hit that like metal knob every time you go. Right. Or if you fuck up, you had to hang up and start all over. It wasn't just ah damn, I just delete that number and do this number. No. Yeah, I almost feel like some of the only antiquated systems I have never used are like the original like operator pick up that weird handset. Right. I've never I've never used one of those. Basically, I've never used the opening prototype of the telephone. Right, I've not that used that one. Uh, there were some others. I mean, I've seen some of the other stuff, like old daguerreotypes and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I've actually seen and got to see those in operation firsthand. Oh, wow. And it's fucking weird. I've used typewriters. I've done all I've that kind of stuff. I've used yeah. the shit out of some typewriters. But, uh, oh, I oh. Mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of us have probably got to sit in the old Model T's that were going. So there you go. I've not so, sat in one, but I've touched one. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got some model t a model t those are cool oh, yeah. uh, especially when i was living down a little further south that is just like everybody's pastime down there it seems like is just restoring old 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 cars yeah. um like i used to drive by a truck that i swear to god is a 1930 truck and they just redid it but yeah they, i guess to a certain degree though like even with phones being used in that movie right they are 
I think they'll get the gist of it. Yeah, I will never. Why doesn't it have a picture, Lonnie? I will never feel as antiquated as what I did just now. Oh, right, uh, right, just right. Just going through all the stuff I've gone through and used and seen, but damn. It, uh, Kids today will never know the joy of a Nokia brick because you could actually throw a Nokia brick at somebody, it hit them or hit the wall and be just fine. Right. That's true. Cell phones back in the day did use the bezel as the crest of things, I think. Right, but like. The Nokia brick, I mean, God, it was about the size of a knife blade handle, and, and you could throw it, you know? Drop the son of a bitch and not have to worry about it breaking. Car phones. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could run over a Nokia brick and pick it up and still dial out. Oh, you, don't <laughs> like, you don't want to do that, though. It's like with the suspension. Right? <laughs> exactly. God, I needed to replace that suspension. Um... But that's about the only antiquated thing about it, because I'm pretty sure this movie will be timeless. Like yeah. it's, um, especially for stop motion. Oh yeah. Um, it is kind of like the gold standard of stop motion. It's really, really well done. Um, Which and in stop motion, I know why they don't use it more often than they do. It's hard. It's, it's extremely it's, difficult. It's a very difficult process. Do you guys ever want to see an exercise in, in how frustrating? stop motion can be when you use claymation especially mm-hmm. uh parks and rec had an episode where ben loses his job and for two months he works on doing a stop motion video that he calls requiem for a tuesday <laughs> when he finally shows what he thinks is the finished product it's three seconds long yes yeah and he's just like I oh spent like two months on that right it's i helped a friend of mine do just the most rudimentary claymation it is literally just a guy made out of clay fighting blobs with a sword. It took him – oh, God. Because I remember, like, the final count was, like, 58,000 frames. Yeah. And it wasn't long at all. Right, which means – and that's 58,000 Yes, it was ridiculous. So, so it was just like, er, 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 and then you click, er, so click, er, click. Right, from a technical aspect, Nightmare Before Christmas is a triumph in every way. Oh, yeah. But if you're going to say that, so is Wallace and Gromit. Oh, I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's Any claymation automatically earns my respect. Um, even to the point of Robot Chicken, which is less claymation and more yeah. just stop motion. It's still hard, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, hard. even with the action figure collection that they have, <laughs> right. they, they still have to do all of it. Um, and actually, if you watch the uh, the Star Wars special, go for Papa Palpatine, you can actually watch the dust particles on his desk move. Like, you don't ever notice it because all the action is going on and the funny stuff. But it, watch, like, some of the inanimate objects and watch how much they change over the course of the of the thing. Um, they're a lot. It's a lot. Um, Seth Green, I swear to God, if you were on Lolita Island or Lolita Express, I'm going to kick you in the balls for real because I adore you too much Wait, for that to be true. It, his name was on the list. For Epcot? Oh, no. Yeah. Right? If he was, fuck that guy. 100%. But damn it, it's Seth Green. I know. Like, 
This wasn't like when I found out Bill Cosby was a rapist because I kind of low-key knew that already. But, yeah. like, I think everybody low-key knew Bill Cosby was a rapist. But, uh, th- like, finding out Seth Green was on that list yeah. well, hurt me. Still hurts, but, like, finding out Tom Hanks was on that list and then immediately went and got citizenship in Greece because they look at it as a... Uh, a disability, and he can get a paycheck over there from it. Tom Hanks's name is on that list several times. After his name was released, Tom Hanks and his wife went and got citizenships in Greece where pedophilia is a disability that is payable by a check. Tom Hanks on the Lolita Express line. Yep. In that case, in that sense, so was Oprah. Jesus Christ. I, okay. Uh, no. no. <laughs> I'm about ready to pull a boys move again. I'm I mean, honestly, if you fucking think about it, the President of the United States of America is on that list, too, and nobody seems to give a fuck. Yeah, so. A couple of them actually have been really saying things. Yeah. But, but who's surprised at that? I mean, he did a whole impeachment trial about getting head in the Oval Office. So, I mean, <laughs> nobody was surprised Bill Clinton's name was on that list. Oh, God, this is one tangent I wish I'd never heard. Like, just the other names that have come out right now. Ray BG is silent on these matters. Silence. Ray BG, bring us back. I, gotta go. I don't think I can. You guys just... <laughs> oh wait 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 i've got it what have i done what have i done because <laughs> when you started when you said that i just pictured tom hanks looking in the mirror in greece just like suddenly that henry winkler tom hanks feuds leaning the other way isn't it Ah, Cody's mad. Cody's mad. Heartbroken. <laughs> I I almost ditched this and then realized it's a winner. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I'm sitting here just thinking. <laughs> God, like makes me want to take my that revelation right there makes me want to take my Tom Hanks DVDs out back and just be like, no, pa, he's my dog. I'll do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Or don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Dishes are done, man. <laughs> well, on that revelation, if you needed a reason to stick your head in the oven on Thanksgiving this year, congratulations. Twenty <sighs> finally, finally hit its mark for me. There's a point. Uh, there's a possibility that Tom Hanks is a pedophile. Anyway, no. so allegedly, <laughs> like let's just throw that out there. I swear to God, they can't be true. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, honestly, I will I will say this: my favorite character of the Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, well, well. What have we here, Sandy Claus? Uh, ooh, I'm really scared. I love Oogie Boogie. Dude, his voice was awesome. 
Right. Um, and then when you find out that he's also the crocodile in uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, oh, you're just like, oh, it's perfect. Which is um, because his part in All Dogs Go to Heaven completely derails the fucking movie. Oh, yeah, it does. It, it absolutely does. It, oh. it serves no purpose. <laughs> like it, it just doesn't seem to fit. Well, it shows. He shows. It kind of deus ex machina toward the end where he just shows up and chases Carface. Yeah. So... Everybody's got to have a crocodile. It was such a good idea with the crocodile that Disney tried to low-key pretend like they just made it up when they did the Princess Frog. Princess and the Frog? Frog Princess? Yeah, Princess and the Frog. With uh, Louis. Not Louis. What was that guy's name? Oh, thank God. The gator that played the trumpet. No, that was the Frog Princess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Uh, the name the gator... Um I can't remember because uh, it was I think it was Lewis and Ray. Yeah, Maybe. it was Lewis. I just went against my whole Google search history thing. So apparently, a fact check done. Tom Hanks is not recorded in Jesse Eisenberg's voice. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's still really suspicious. Anyway, don't. we'll drop it. Yeah. <laughs> Before Cody's head don't, explodes. Just don't take Tom Hanks away from me, goddamn it! Like he was Mister Rogers. Just, just let it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, uh, Mr. Rogers. Is it really? Yeah. No, I feel dumb for bringing it up. Hmm. Um, yeah, I just did a Seth Green search, too, and I'm just like, fake Jeffrey Epstein flight logs lead QAnon crazies to target Damien Cutbat right there. So I get where they're going here. So thank God, two of my favorites are off that list. Okay, that does make me feel better. However, the other ones are mentioned at very much on my list. U.S. presidents. Um, a bunch of them. Um. Or at least the last four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine ten. ten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think Epstein had been around that long. Yeah, but um, quote Vegeta in some Dragon Ball version. Do I hear five? <laughs> Vegeta, 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 Vegeta. I loved how that turned into a love letter to Team Four Star. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. But Oogie Boogie, he's the Oogie Boogie man. He is great. I don't know why I love Oogie Boogie so much. He's the bad guy. He was fun, though. He was absolutely fun. Apparently, maybe a bit of a gambling problem, too. Um, <laughs> I have a bit a bit of a gambling problem. He likes Not really, but dice. Uh, I love dice. Uh, you ever play threes? No. Oh, my God. I'll show you. Play threes. It's great. Okay. Um, it's a gambling game. It doesn't have to be, but... I know. <laughs> right? It's fun. Um, RBG, do you know how to play threes? No. We might have to learn. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, it really did feel like, I felt like his game was craps because yeah. he kept, he just had the two, um, the two dice. Threes, actually, you have five. But, uh, I don't know. There was just, and oddly enough, his was the brightest set. Uh, with all the dark, the black light stuff and this the very, very bright lights and stuff. He was very kind of, di- he was different. Was he somewhat voodoo? Like, I don't know, I, because I he, he was, because like, he was basically made out of a burlap sack. Some right. of the dummies that popped up too, I thought they had more of that. Voodoo-esque. Yeah. Um, and it would make sense seeing as who it was, like who voiced him, because he's from New Orleans, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And, um. His other character, which is the crocodile from, oh yeah, is a New Orleans character. So, um, 
you know, New Orleans in the 30s. So, which was a very different place. Mm-hmm. I need to do a search. I need to do some research on Marie LeBeau. Because she's got some incredible lore. She had a python. She had a uh, albino python named Zombie. That was <laughs> six feet long. Very nice. Right? Uh, random, random facts. Anyway. Um, it was funny because, I mean, Oogie, Oogie Boogie only popped up because <laughs> those asshole kids do the one thing Jack tells them not to do. But it's because Jack told them not to. Right. It's like I tell you not to think of the color red. The first thing that goes through your head is the color red. So, I mean, it's just like, it's the forbidden fruit. And, the red and there's a red car. Yeah. Um, and I see a red foxy. So, um, it, it's the forbidden fruit. Right. You know, don't do this and that's all you want to do. Right. Like Kidnap Mr. Sandy Claus? I want to do it. Let's draw straws. Jack said we should work together. Three of a kind, birds of a feather. La, 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 uh, See, I had the song ready to go in my head, too. That was Marlon Dinger. Where is he? Emerald Lagazzi? What? I don't think that's real. <laughs> it's from the casting, dude. Emerald Lagasse? Are they doing, like, a God dang it. Hold on, hold on. All dogs. Kincaid was his name. Let's see. This is the the Princess and the Frog. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, that was Ray or Marlon? Yeah. In Princess and the Frog. Princess and the Frog. Was Emerald Lagasse? That's what it said. You saw that song? I saw it. (laughs) I still can't believe it. Marlon the Gator. Emerald Lagasse, that's what it says. Beaver was played by Michael Collier. Bam! I'm just saying. I know. I King Gator, Ken Page, okay. Yes. I, I just looked that up. Well, see, it's funny. No, nah, and he's not from New Orleans. He's from St. Louis. Still, though. Heavy jazz influence. Heavy jazz influence. Yeah. So. Although, granted, St. Louis never had a serial killer like New Orleans did that made people play jazz because he was so good. Right, yeah. For the jazz deal. Yep. So, yeah, that's another fun fact of history for you guys right there. Um, no, now I'm looking up the Princess and the Frog because the only person I honestly remember who did a voice in that was Keith David because... Yeah, he was, uh, yeah, doc, yeah. Yeah, because Keith David should, anytime you have a voice acting project, you need to have a part. Yes, yeah. Keith David's voice is amazing. Uh, he did a show called uh, City Confidential, mm-hmm. which was like a true crime show. Yeah. And he replaced the original guy, and I didn't even know it because I thought the original guy was Keith David. <laughs> I, still love, I still love Keith David from the Riddick shows. And oh, yeah. When he did those and other stuff he's done in the past. And Hell, yeah. He can jam. Yeah. And the Crafted Man of Marty. Yeah. I did not realize yeah. that Greg Props Gre- yeah, Greg was in. Was he, he was. It's funny because. When now I that I th- that, see that and hear it, I can hear it now. Right. Like, I, thinking about it in my brain. I can totally hear him doing that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, shit, it totally was. <laughs> we opened the sarcophagus. I looked behind the sarcophagus. I did it. But he <laughs> wasn't there. 
<laughs> we do know this movie too well. <laughs> I've seen, I've probably seen this movie at least in the triple digits. Mm-hmm. Starting in 93, 4. Probably 94, because I saw it up here, and we moved up here in 94. So. It's funny, because I was just thinking about the Ozzy Bozzy part. Um, you know, obviously when the phone call keeps going down there, and Sally realizes what's going on. She's been the voice of reason the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Sally yeah. is the voice of reason. Right. So, hey. <laughs> go back to our Gator talk right quick, Mike. So, Kenneth Louise. Page. Yeah. Well, Louise is the main Gator. That's the one, I guess, is the main Gator in the, in the show. And according to this, he was actually played by Michael Leon Woody. So, huh. what are we talking? What movie are we talking about? The Princess and the Frog. Okay. Oh, no, yeah, no, because we were <laughs> like, we've talked about Gators and other movies now, and I have uh, no idea which one we're on. Because Ken Page was all dogs go to heaven. Yeah. That was all dog, and he's yeah. Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie, yeah. And then I guess he wouldn't, or I don't know. I mean, they probably didn't even ask him. I don't know. You need that. You need that alligator, though. You're gonna be a pretty kick-ass alligator. Right. Only has Ken Page in it. Uh, um, yeah, you told me you, you fucked me up, man. I was just like, what? <laughs> wait, what are we talking about? So yeah, Sally was the voice of reason the whole movie. She's basically like, no, Jack, come on, you got a lot to, you know. Well, she has the premonition that with the with a whatever the thing she's picking, you know, she's definitely being that he loves me, he loves me not, and, and it turns into a Christmas tree and then catches on fire and kind of explodes. So because she's the doctor. Right. Basically. That's twice you drugged me, put slipped something in my tea. Three times. <laughs> she grabbed three times. <laughs> I've done it more. <laughs> and I'm good at it because I'm going to do it again. Yeah, although that almost gets her taken apart, man. Almost. Yeah, oogie boogie. Right. Well, I mean, she when she, she drugs him again, um, I can't remember what uh, – what she puts in frog's breath or whatever. Yeah. Um, frog's breath covers up whatever she puts in deadly right. nightshade. That's right. She puts deadly nightshade in the soup, covers it up with frog's breath, escapes again, gets caught, not locked up, that. and then jumps out the window. Not only that, she knew <laughs> he was gonna make her cry and had that slotted up. spoon. Yes. Right. So like, she's kind of a devious little bitch all on her own. Oh yeah. Like uh, incredibly smart. Like no one's gonna get the one up on her. Right. Um, not to mention she's also a rag doll. Yeah. So like she throws herself out the window knowing full well she's going to be fine. All she's going to have to do is sew herself back together. Mm-hmm. So, and like has the needle in her head. Um, is very much in love with the king. It's good to be the king. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they never do get into... Because obviously this whole movie's built off of a poem, right? But they never get into why Oogie Boogie is hated, yeah, and why he's clack. Is he after the throne? Does he want to rule Halloween Town? He might be. Um, he does him and Jack just don't like each other? He seems to be dangerous, but confined, right? In that like well or whatever it is, because like, he's got his own house and it's on the outskirts of town. Because like when the kids go, Lock, Shock, and Barrel go to take Sandy Claus. To, to Oogie Boogie, where are we going to put him? Where are we going to take him? To Oogie Boogie, of course. Right. Jack told us to make him comfortable, and there's no place as comfortable as there. So, I mean. Totally. And they feed him stuff. 
Did they? I thought I, they were trying to feed him too stuff. I, I, thought they, <laughs> I thought they said, um, I can't remember what it was, like snakes or something like that. They were uh, talking about one thing. I don't but, remember. Um, I, I oh, I, they feed Oogie Boogie. Yeah. That's, it was, yeah, a, it was right. a bug. Some yeah. kind of bug. Yeah. Um, they slather it up and then stuff it down the hole, and he comes back broken and gone. But let's look at this character. My butts! Boogie my Boogie butts. is a burlap sack bleed creature, like a yeah. creature. The Jack Boogeyman is a skeleton. He has a he has a he has a body that doesn't get unraveled when somebody pulls it. You know, because you know they beat Oogie Boogie by pulling the strings. You know. Yeah, right. they un- unravel. You the can't sack. do that to Jack. No. Jack, you have to literally break apart because he's bones. He he is a king. He is structure. It's, it's I do love Jack pulls a rib that. out. And throws it, and yeah. Zero goes, gets it, and brings it back. So, yeah. I mean, of course, they're, I think they've, they've already set it up to the boogeyman has no real substance, whereas Jack is literally. Nothing but substance. Exactly. So, okay, I, can, that's a, I mean, there's some like, other similarities if you delve, if you delve deep, deeper into it. That you they're see. opposites. Yeah. They are. He's, he's nothing but a burlap bag filled with bugs. Yeah. And Jack actually is. The pumpkin king. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's clearly there. Right. Scares the absolute shit out of everybody on a yearly basis. I've seen grown men give out a streak. So, yeah. No, Jack is definitely... You're, you're right. He actually has substance to it. Oogie isn't. He is nothing. He's just a... I still love... Uh, when Oogie's having his song. It's a much better game when their lives on the line. Not mine, of course, but yours. Oh my, that would be just fine. <laughs> I can't believe my like I. You're joking me. You gotta be. This can't uh, be the right guy. I can't not do it. Right. It's one of those. It's like Cartman singing "Come Sail Away." You gotta finish it. Yep. Um. <laughs> uh, what was funny is like we were playing Halloween music at the house the other day. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the kids was just like, you hear, dun, 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 dun. It yeah. starts. And she goes, what's this? And I looked at her. Right. And I'm just like, and the music starts. And she's like, I still don't recognize it. And I got like right by her face. And I was like, boys and girls of every age. Yeah. And like sang the song at her. And she goes, oh, this is from that movie. And I was just like, you're going to die, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Where she's just like, what is this? I'm like, no, that's later. Right. I should have said that. What is this? That's later. Uh, Halloween time. Uh, um, I should have played her Marilyn Manson's version of it, which is actually really good. Like, Marilyn Manson did very good justice to that song. I can imagine. It's funny because, yeah, that's my son's favorite song, and he always brings up the – what was it? The spiders in my hair. I can't remember the. Fingers like snakes. Yeah, spiders, spiders in my spiders. hair. He loves that song. That's a great part. Oh, yeah. uh, you guys um, just flicked a memory in the back of my mind. Um, so, for the anniversary of the craft of Halloween, they just released a new one. Yeah. Yes. They actually have a piece of this music, of, of the Jack music in that in the, in the, in the movie. Really? Have yeah. you seen it? Is it yeah, good? I, uh, my okay. wife is pissed. It's okay. She's absolutely pissed off because she hates when they remake anything. Yeah, yeah. And is it a remake or is no, it a reboot or is it a, a sequel? It's a sequel. It is a sequel. It's a true tried and yeah, true but, sequel. Yeah. Because they mentioned some. They mentioned the witch. Uh, crazy. Yeah, the crazy one. Yeah. Uh, Mayan. Uh, not my. What's her name? Teresa Balak. Yeah, her. Yeah. Balak, Bulk, whatever her name is. Yeah. yeah. But they're like 
what pissed my wife off the most about the, watching the trailer for that was uh, in the original, there's the line, there's, there's a bunch of weirdos out there, and it's like, Mr. We Are the Weirdos. Yeah, they they redo that. it, and she was so yeah, mad. They did redo it. She was so mad when they, she saw that. You know they had to, man. It's like, that's that's one that the screenwriter's like, yeah, if anybody likes it on the weekend, then they're the weirdos. Right. Like We are the weirdos. Mr. We are the weirdos. And even at that, it was probably like required to get funding from Disney. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of those weird-ass stipulations, which I know they keep talking about doing a sequel to The Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't want them to. I don't either. And they don't need to. No, it's one of those they need to just leave alone. Yeah. But Disney kind of has – Disney is half-ass pushing for it. They want more content from it. Yeah. Give them more content, but it does not have to be a sequel. Right. You know? I'd take a short, maybe. Right, shorts. Or a series of shorts. Right. Um, kind of like... Uh, but haven't they done enough? I mean, Frankenweenie? Right, I mean... Frankenweenie was okay. It was... It was actually, definitely the weakest of them. It was good, but it was like... Yeah, it was the weakest of... Because if you compare it to... You know, obviously, if you compare it to The Nightmare Before Christmas, it's borderline. It's like that good. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even The Corpse Bride... Is better than Frankenweenie, yeah, definitely. but nowhere near as good as uh, of yeah. as that Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. and the Corpse Bride. The the vows that was in my wedding, oh. like oh, we nice. like that was in my you wedding. Got to you. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was one of my wife's <laughs> requests for the wedding, um, and at that time, you know, during the wedding, the wife gets whatever she wants. Yeah. So or exactly. the wife to be gets whatever she wants. So. Um, but yeah, we did the whole with this ring, uh, oh, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, it was cool. Um, that night was just absolutely smitten with Helen and Bonnie Carter at the time. So like, not during my wedding, but right. during the corpse bride. Um, that was actually during my first <coughs> marriage. Um, I definitely, I gotta say, like, I mean, I, I don't know, because it was the fucking same thought as soon as I said that. Oh, nope, screw it, never mind. But I have a feeling that Tim Burton lost a lot of dogs in his life. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was clearly, like, that, Every was, that was kind of one of those, like, I saw Frank and for the first time right after my first dog died. And <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It, it got me. No, oh, that's, that's... That's all I gotta say, is it got me. Well, I mean, you got Zero. Right. And then, uh, I can't remember the one in uh, The Corpse Bride, but there's the one in The Corpse Bride. And then there's Frank and So, like, Tim Burton definitely lost a dog. And it affected him horribly. Right. Um, Tim Burton is a fucking legend. Oh, no. Zero's still my favorite. As far as a sequel goes, though, like, what the hell would they possibly do? What holidays would take over National Nightmare before Easter? Like, the, fucking, <laughs> the next biggest one that I could think of. What's this? What's this? They're hiding AIDS. Like, right. No. Get the fuck um, right. And it, it wouldn't even have to be the nightmare before anything. You could just rename it something and use the characters. Yeah. Just pick, come, pick a different title. Yeah, you um, know that they would try and carry out that title, though. NBC, like, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, The Nightmare Before Christmas Presents. Yeah. Junior. Right, yeah, Junior. <laughs> oh, God. Um, they, I mean, they, they have those other doors there, so it's like they're sequel opportunities, but it was... I, I hearken back to the line that Kevin Smith had whenever Warner Brothers presented him with some scripts to Doctor, which one of them was Superman, which he lobbied for really hard every time Superman wins. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, and then he can't remember some other line. 
third one was Beetlejuice goes to London. His response was, didn't we say all that we needed to say with Beetlejuice? Right. Must he go tropical? <laughs> That's the logic I use for most of the time sequels are pushed. It's right. Like, exactly. Didn't we say all we needed to? Must they do this again? Yeah. Honestly, my yeah. thing, my biggest pet peeve when they pitch a sequel or a reboot is we're going to do everything the exact same, but instead of a male lead, it'll be a female lead. Yeah. Like that's going to make a difference. That's the more recent. Yeah, that's more recent. I've seen a lot of spinoffs when it's... You know. I just, like... I, I swear to God. There was almost a TV show. What about Barb? Did you ever see the remake of Psycho starring Vince Vaughn with Norman Bates? Yes. Shot for shot remake. Fuck, it is. It is. And he did that on purpose. I almost feel like that was Gus Van Zandt's way of going, no, seriously, fuck reboots. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, it had to have been. Because that movie, like, it was just underwhelming because it was what we'd seen before. That was the whole point. Right. Um, in, in my mind, it was like he had a very expensive project that he wanted to fail almost. Right. Just doing it, you know. My big pet peeve was Beauty and the Beast. The, Which one? The remake. The, uh, the, the live action. Okay. Shot for shot remake of the cartoon with an added with an, song with one extra song does not fit whatsoever. Nope. As soon one, I hate like, with the exception of a few, like I can do a cartoon musical, mm-hmm. I can do cartoon musicals, I can do Nightmare Before Christmas, any Disney movie where there's gonna be fucking musicals. I saw, uh, Frozen, an ungodly amount of times in theaters. I can handle it. When you get live action and musicals, that shit was shoved down my throat as a kid. Yeah. And I can't stand it. So as soon as I realized that this is a shot-for-shot remake of Beauty and the Beast, I wanted the guy that won the fucking Oscar for that to be never get project ever again. Because he didn't do anything. He literally did nothing. I will tell you the only parts of the remake that... It was weird, because the first time I I watched it, I'm like... I like LeFou. The second time I watched it, I'm like, nope, fuck everything about this. Movie. You're right. Like, LeFou. Except for Ewan McGregor is Lumiere. Le, uh, yeah, okay, I'll give and you that LeFou. one. LeFou. I'll give you that too. Ewan McGregor is Lumiere. LeFou. Uh, Josh Gad is LeFou. Ian McKellen is Codsworth. Yeah, I knew we were going there too. Yeah, I got to say, I got to agree with that. Because Ian McKellen can do no wrong. No. Like, it did. Like, the movie itself was awful. He's a... Which is funny, because <laughs> when it comes to other remakes, like, say, The Jungle Book... Great! That was a great movie. I actually liked it, and you know what made it for me? It was new. It was different. No, not even that. It was the most awkward rendition of Christopher Walken as King Louis. Oh, God, yes. Like you. I want to be like you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, On his own, yeah. And it feels like Shatner's spoken word rocket man. It does. It's so awesome, though. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of like, I see what they're doing here. And then he goes, ah! and all of a sudden, right when it hits me what they're doing, I hear Christopher Walken, ooby-doo. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I just got hit over the head with a cricket mallet of walking. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. Ooby-doo. Yeah, like it just got me right there. So you can do a remake that would work that you know. 
Netflix is going to be animated, it's going to lose all of its flair. All of its charm. Yeah. It's going to lose its flair. It's going to lose its charm. Do you like the cats? only thing, uh, well, I wouldn't watch cats oh, anyway. Oh my god. The butthole version. Um, <laughs> they were literally going to give those cats buttholes. Right. And that's the, who directed that horseshit? Don't know, don't care. Yeah. Wait, was it? Hmm. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Let's go it? to the Internet Movie Database. I know, DB. You know, that's another one that uh, Scary Movie had Idris Elba in it, and I didn't like it. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Idris Elba has done some bombs. He has, but I like him. The Dark Tower. Dark Tower was not a bomb. The Dock Tower was absolutely a bomb. They took eight books and condensed it into a two-hour-long movie. Hey, 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 hey. All right, all right, all right. Right. (laughs) We'll say that that's not maturing well. (laughs) Tom Hooper. Okay, see, no. There you go. Wait, what was I saying? I really did rush that. They did put too many books into one movie because they didn't explain everything either. Why was I thinking Barbie? Oh, he did the Danish girl. Baz Luhrmann did Moulin Rouge. That's why I hate that movie so much. Is Ewan McGregor in that? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it was. I, so many people like it, it has to be Danish. Ah. Good. This guy, Le Miserable. Ah, oh, there you go. That makes sense why he got that. Although. He also did the King's Speech, oh, the really? Danish girl. Yeah, he's done some shit. And he's currently doing the Dark Materials series. Oh, really? That's like actually Dark kind of good. The, I gotta say this then. The, I will give him credit that trying to bring to life anything that has a character named Rum Tum Tugger is gonna be hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like the casting was off. Honestly, Taylor Swift would probably, or dare I say, be best part of that movie. Her is she song, the main character? Her song at least is good, no. <clears throat> but yeah, I gotta I gotta say though. Monku Strap, Cassandra, Demeter. Um Corio I mean, She did put Judy Dench in it. No shit. How do you fuck up something with Judy Dench in it? I don't know. I I got nothing. Had they brought Judy Dench back for this latest Bond film, it would probably win an Oscar. Yeah, honestly, anything with Judy Dench in it is just consideration. Right. <laughs> it's Judy. Did you say Judy Dench is in that? Dame, Have we looked at that Oscar? Dame Judy Dench. Yeah, Dame Dude, Judy let's Dench. Give her the correct. Uh, Absolutely. Give her a title. No, I'll give well, I'll give credit where credit is due. Dame Judy Dench. I will go back and correct another one as well. Sir Ian McKellen. Yes, Sir Ian, Ian McKellen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And another one, Sir Patrick Stewart. Yes. Mentioned him earlier. I still love. Did you ever see them propose? To be best friends forever? Yes. <laughs> it does does me too. I love watching the two of them be together. Almost to the point where I wish they were together. Right? <laughs> just be together, guys. Just be together. I know you're not gay, Patrick, but just be together. Right. <laughs> Live together, share a flat, don't care. Just get together. Right? Uh, Patrick Stewart likes younger women. So... <laughs> I mean, shit, I think his wife is my age. Is she? I'm pretty sure. If not his age. I mean, to be fair, though, it's Patrick Stewart. 
Right? Who gives a shit? He can do whatever he wants. As my mother. Oh, my mother. I mean, it's like if you be Dan Chad to somebody who's claiming to be John Denver, I'd be like, that's fine. Cause I get it. Right? Yeah, it's Judy Dench. Helen Mirren's up there, too. Like, I, I'd I date, understand it. I'd date Helen Mirren right now. Yep. I mean, yes, I am now, and she is, she is now. 100%. I would wish she was back in her Caligula days, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that movie. So, it, I mean, I need to watch that again. It's been a long, long time since I've seen Caligula. Swinging it back around, though, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm gonna try. Hey, Ray BG got nothing. He just blew the wall. I'm reaching for the shit. top. I'm reaching for the top shelf without a step ladder on this one for swinging it back. So it's all good. Yeah, the, but you know, <clears throat> swinging it back around a remake that we talked about, you can't do it in that form. No, you, absolutely I not. I don't think a reboot would work. Remake, reboot. I did consent to, or uh, yeah, consent to, if I did have to go to a Broadway esque musical, mm-hmm. um, this would be one I would go see. Yeah. Because there is a uh, a Broadway version of and it's weird. of this, and it's good. It's weird because that works though. <clears throat> it does. It it really does. Like you can you can do things on Broadway you can't do on film. Cats. <laughs> right. Like, I'm right. Just thinking that out. Rent. Um, sorry. Yeah, that one didn't. I, I could see a semi-live action version of this, but it has to be in a Beetlejuice that. format. I was thinking about that, and it would either look like Beetlejuice or it would look like Death Note. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would be all right with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Like Rio, you know, I'm thinking that kind of yep. character design. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Willem Dafoe. Right. Oh shit. Right. Yeah. I don't know who the hell he'd be, but he'd have to be in there. Um, well, if he was Jack. <laughs> uh, that, that was me. <laughs> Which is funny because Willem is like one of my favorite actors. Oh god, I love like, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, so that was me. I apologize. Like, there's a video out there. I'm pretty sure it's just Willem Dafoe like eating chips and looking creepy. He just smiles, right. eating chips. It's like, god damn, why? Why are you so damn creepy? But you're so good. Anyway, Prince Humperdinck. I'm gonna drop some. I'm gonna drop something on you guys right now. Oh boy. Yeah. Randy has never seen The Princess Bride. What? Really? Right? You right? Me. You gotta warn me if you're into that kind of shit. Like that's the. <laughs> like I don't understand. Has no desire to see it. None whatsoever. What? No desire. The only what? thing that prevented me from doing a spit take is the love of my computer here. Um, the most Princess Bride she has ever seen was when they did that remake. Oh, yeah. On the Zoom or whatever it was. Uh, Quibi. I almost got... Oh, it was hilarious. I almost got Quibi just for that. Like, you don't have to have Quibi to watch it. Oh, really? Like, no, you can can see it on all kinds of shit. It's on YouTube. It's it's, it's out there. Yeah, Um, definitely. But the fact that uh, Wallace... Wallace... I can never... Wallace Shawn? Shawn. Yeah. He does a scene in it, but it's not his scene. Um... Mandy Patinkin does a scene in it that's yeah, not his, uh, any of oh, his. Of um, Josh Gad. I mean, everybody that's oh, in yeah. that. Uh, I almost wish they would do that for this movie. Like, that would be fun. That would be fun. I feel like that would be a lot of fun. Um, and it's kind of surprised nobody had the idea for Halloween. Yeah. 
like 2020, most of us are still locked up. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. What did? I know what, cases in this state, Corona cases in this state, are on the rise. They're exploding. They're always on the rise in this state. Well, like we're we're twice as high as we were during the early stages. Man, Chicago quarantine people coming from this state to that state. Come on. Right. I yeah. Mean, Chicago, Chicago closed their borders. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which in Chicago, Corona is the least of your worries <laughs> at this point. Exactly. It's not like Baltimore, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> so, it, did, did any of you guys see the uh, Tenacious D time warp? Yes, that so was amazing. Good. Okay, we got that. So, yeah. I can forgive that, that Nightmare got overlooked. Because we did get Tenacious D's time warp. Oh, God, that was so amazing. The fact that Jack Black wore the costumes, though. Yes. Oh, my God. And he got freaking into it. Yes, he did. And then people that weren't even in the movie did stuff for it, like Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah. And uh, like, it, that was just amazing. Well, Susan Sarandon. She did, yeah. She showed up. She showed up. And Chris Sarandon. We didn't get Tim Curry, though. No. No, I mean, I, <laughs> in all honesty, I think he's having more fun these days just at that one tweet that he put out said, just eating three Musketeers bars and maniacally saying all for one, but all for me. <laughs> but, I love that man. Uh, uh, yeah, he's really – yeah, he's in a bunch of things. So. Yes. He's yes, he is. These days, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's in a weird thing. Yeah. He had a stroke. Yeah. Mm. I've seen several movies that – Randy has never seen The Shadow. Really? Oh, wow. Tim Burton's in that. Randy has never seen Mikhail's Navy, or not Tim Burton, Tim Curry. Uh, Randy's never seen Mikhail's Navy. Wow. He's the villain in that. Yeah, well, he was a classic villain back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things, villain-wise, that he did was Rochelet. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, there you go. Oh, God. That was back when Hollywood didn't realize that not all sales by convincing. (laughs) Right? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's throw that one. I don't know. Oliver Platt. Where have you been? I was taking care of something ugly. (laughs) Let's look at the casting of that movie for a second. Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Christopher Platt. Or Oliver Platt. Or Oliver Platt, Christopher O'Donnell. um, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. The chick from Gabriella Anwar. Yep. um, Rebecca De Mornay. That's right, she was. She was, um, um, I know you're talking about. Uh, uh fuck. Uh, not the Countess um, something or other. She was, uh, when they redid it with the, uh, Orlando Bloom was Buckingham or what the fuck ever. Yeah. Um, Mila Jovovich was her character. Right. Um, I can't remember what fuck her name is. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a big. Right. <laughs> wow. And who knew we would get, like, a weird sequel to it? True. The Man in the Iron Mask? Yeah. Actually, that was good, though. Jeremy that, Irons. Jeremy and Irons. Um, Gerard Depardieu. Yeah. Back before he just basically went to Just and deuced and out. Got weird. Yep. No, he got super weird. Yeah. Um, the fact that, but his name is so much fun. Oh, Gerard right. Depardieu. Depardieu. Who was the third Musketeer in that? Oh, it was uh, Gabriel Burns. Yeah, Gabriel Burns. And then I can't remember who D'Artagnan was. But even the one after that, the the one that was kind of like high wire, 
Wow. We're yeah. way the fuck off topic. We were talking about Three Musketeers now. Right. Um, and that all started because of the time warp. Tenacious D's time warp. See, we went on the remakes. Then we went on the time warp. Yeah, so it all just jumped. Right. Uh, my wife. Adamant. Like, I'm pretty sure that if they tried to remake or reboot or even do a sequel to The Nightmare Before Christmas, I'm pretty sure my wife would just burn the planet down. No, John Malkovich. That's, yeah, John, how did he we was, fucking forget that? Athos. Yeah, Athos, Porthos, and Aramis. Yeah. Okay, yep, sorry, I had to do that one because I knew it was coming in. Who does, who's the kind of, the rotund guy who does the late night comedy show, took over for... The other British guy. James Corden? James Corden. The other British guy was Craig Ferguson. Ferguson. Okay. He was Scottish. Scottish. British. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Same same country, technically. Technically. Don't (laughs) anyway, we're that's a whole nother thing. We'll get into it some other time, never. Um (laughs) James Corden was in a Musketeers movie. But he was basically their like servant. He was like their butler, not but not even like a butler. He was just they. I think they lived at his house. <laughs> like, he made them. They made him do everything. I can't remember what that one was. Yeah, I. Uh, all right. I just gotta. What? Wait. I have no idea what you're saying. No, I. I mean, it shows it on here, Three Musketeers, but it also says he gets a story by credit for Cinderella. Wait. As a writer, I'm like, story by... Can anybody really have a story by credit on Cinderella? Right, like, how the fuck does that work? Yeah, you know, it's only been around longer than he's been alive. Right. But, and, you know, maybe he added, like, what was the old adage in the music industry? Add a word, get a third. Right, yeah, you add a word, get a third. And in... In America, in the United States of America, at least, um, you could take somebody's original idea, change one thing, and it's your idea. Yep, that's how copyright works. Right, you know, I can take a picture of the Mona Lisa, give her Jack Skellington makeup, and now that's my picture. And I can make money off of that picture. Oh, God, I don't even remember how old that damn Musketeers movie was. It doesn't matter, honestly. Like, it, it didn't go anywhere. About the ones well, the one that had James Corden in it. Ah, oh, I keep forgetting that he was Craig. 2011, nine years old. Yeah, I like that movie. Ironically. Oh, he was Planchette, and that was the weird. That was the weird um, yeah. Orlando Bloom one. That was. Oh, Ray Stevenson was Porthos. Well, that's that's all right. I like the Russian one better. Three Musketeers. Yeah, they did a, a Russian one. They just had Russian leads. It's about I've watched a couple of years back. Huh. So, back to yeah, nightmare. So I don't know why I'm thinking Sorry. of this, but like Chris <laughs> Sarandon, I know he's had a lengthy career. I can't really think of anything else he's done that's other than problem, The Princess too. Bride and oh, Bordello of Blood. That's right. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Bordello of Blood. Does it? He was in Fright Night. Um, 
So he's had a good career and plenty of stuff that we can all remember. You know. Oh, he was in the original Fright yeah, Night. Yeah, sorry, not the not the Colin Farrell one. That's hilarious. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the first Nickelodeon series, not the shit one that's out now. Yes. Um, he was Dracula. Well. Um, and like I said, anytime he, anytime Disney throws uh, Jack Skellington out there, he comes back and voices it. Yep. Um, but I mean, he's had a great career, and it's weird because he's one of those that even if he. Oh, he did show up in the 2011 Fright Night. D'Artagnan! Which one? The top one? The, uh, 2013 film, huh? Oh. Huh. Okay. <laughs> he was in The Good Wife. I forgot about that. Yep. <coughs> I mean... But in the 2011 Fright Night, David Tennant's in that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And was awesome, by the way. Yes, he was. I, I think that, that might be another I'd be okay with David Tennant doing David anything. David Tennant is another one of those guys that can go down as a sci-fi pop culture king, like. Oh yeah. For his for this for this generation, or for the, yeah. So he's good. I know David movie. Tennant's doing a thing where he plays uh, one of England's serial killers. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Nilsson. Yeah. Oh, and he's coming back for a new Doctor Who movie. Yeah. In 2021, yeah. the edge of reality. I wonder who's going to be in it. Yep. And it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it better be. God dang it. Like <laughs> Jodie Whittaker. And the only two people slated are Jodie Whittaker and David Tennant. I thought they were talking about Matt Smith coming back. Holy shit. We were way off subject. Um, yeah. We, we went on Chris Sarandon and somehow fell under a rabbit hole again. Chris because Sarandon. Chris Sarandon was in Fright Night with David go. Tennant. Right. <laughs> Fuck no. She could sit on that Home Alone money if she wanted to. Oh, yeah. Home Alone alone. Chris Sarandon, they play that shit so much on Netflix and Disney Plus now. I guarantee oh, yeah. I guarantee there's a royalty check sitting in their mailbox every day. Mm-hmm. Like, the dude is set. And not only that, Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like, they don't have to do jack shit if they don't want to. Well, uh, Right, yeah, they probably just send Wallace Shawn. I mean, and I know Wallace Shawn is on Young Sheldon. Yeah. He's a reoccurring character on there. Um, if he hasn't been promoted to series regular. So, because he was dating Annie Potts' character. Um, inconceivable. I don't think that word means what you think it means. Yeah, I was about to say that. Inconceivable. No more rhyming. I made it. Does anybody want a peanut? I don't. I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> um. I'm still just kind of yeah, mesmerized by David Tennant. Bringing up uh, Paul Rubens again, though, uh, I did look it up. Pee Wee's Big Adventure was done by Tim Burton. Was it really? Yep. Okay. I don't think Cowboy Curtis was in that. Okay, because I'm like, if that's the case, we got a Lawrence Fishburne crossover somewhere. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Right? 
I would love to see that. Because you know what blew my mind when you were talking about Tim and Terry? I'm going off topic again here. But we got, there's a convergence in one movie of two of the greatest, like, nerd Jesus cults in this, that, in our pantheon of, like, nerdiness here. Uh, Congo. Bruce Campbell. Tim Curry. Congo? Yep. Bruce Campbell gets killed within the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. But Tim Curry is also in it. Uh, Tim Curry survives till the end of the movie. It's right, right after they find Bruce Campbell's body is like when everybody starts getting killed. I think he gets killed shortly after. By the white gorillas? Yeah. The silverbacks or whatever. The homicidal ones. But 95. Holy shit. Right? I didn't realize that was that old. Think about that. We just had like a nerd convergence the likes of which we will never see again. Oh my god, I forgot Ernie Hudson was in that. Never mind. That nailed it too. Holy shit. Actually, he was a serious part of that movie. I think he was, Captain Monroe Kelly. Yep. So, yeah, there we go. That's a nerd trifecta right there. No shit. None of us bet on that one. Could have cashed in that ticket for an easy payday. Right. So, yeah, it, it's kind of... What is Bruce doing in this movie? I don't know. I just saw him a couple years ago. but. Oh, that thing that you did. Yep. And he's terrible at trivia. It's funny, he didn't, like, he knew everything related to Evil Dead and, uh, well, yeah. and obviously Burn Notice, which they had questions about. I'm okay with that. I love Burn Notice. Oh, yeah. It was funny because they, they asked a question about a commercial that he did for Old Spice back in the day, mm -hmm. and it was, what song was Bruce playing on the piano? I remember those. I remember those. Do you remember what song it was? I don't remember the song, but I remember those. I do because I've had this in my head for the past 15 years. Is it only you? No, it's uh, Hungry Like the Wolf. Oh, it was. Yeah. It was totally Hungry Like the Wolf. And he sang it again. Like lounge yeah. style, didn't he? Oh, oh wow. He, he sang it again for a little bit. Nice. That's it was dope. so awesome. I forgot Adewale was in that, too. No, you good, bro. I don't. I mean, looking at the cast of Planet Pain stuff, I don't think like. Look who else was uncredited in Congo. <laughs> wow. Joe Palantino. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was uncredited. Oh, wow. I love that dude. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah, upset that his character got killed he's off in Bad Boys. Wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't in that. Why is he uncredited? He like had a. a no, he didn't. I, guess, I think he was one of the ones that got killed off real quick. Yeah, he yeah. got killed off in the beginning, but. But still, he had a feature. Right, like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're just looking through the casting of that movie because it was the perfect nerd convergence of Ernie Hudson, Bruce Campbell, and Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't beat that. But yeah, I think the Joe Palantino is in Tacoma Fire Department. Oh, really? I uh -huh. have to watch that. Yeah, I need to watch it. I need to watch it anyway because it's it, Farva and um, he, uh, Mac. I'm trying to think because if you look at the casting of No, he's just little pickety. Like every everyone else though, it's like yeah, I can honestly tell you probably about ten other movies with him except for Tim Page, and I don't really need to because he was Izzy Brody and the alligator from Mad Dogs Go to Heaven. King Gator. Yeah. He, he's King Gator. See, that's that's all I need to know for that guy. It's like right. Every everything I go back to, it's 
funny because Catherine O'Hara, always, there's always in my mind going back to Schitt's Creek. Right. Best in show. Like any Christopher Guest movie she's right. in. Um, or uh, Home Alone. Home Alone, yeah. Zemeckis. Yep. Written by, that was a Zemeckis movie written by John Hughes. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know John Hughes' last movie, I think, was Monster House that he wrote oh, before really? he died. Yeah. Mm. Which was a Robert Zemeckis movie. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm thinking now, though, Chris Sarandon forever will be Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To the point where if you ever try to, like, recast that role, that that's going to be our savior for a while. It's like when they recast um, Will Arnett. Was it Will Arnett? Yeah. Will Forte. As Shaggy for Scoob, no, against Matthew Lillard, yeah, that pissed me off. You know who also does a really good Shaggy impression though, Rob Lowe. Really? Yeah, he did it for a Saturday Night Live sketch once. And have you ever seen any of Rob Lowe's like? I know none of his twit, Twitter or whatever. Yeah, twit. Uh, Rob Lowe's kids are savage to him on Twitter. <laughs> savage. <laughs> Savage. I mean, it makes sense though. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. It, yeah, like I get it, but it's like uh, what Rob Lowe had like a picture of him looking like he was sweating. He's like, "Whoo, great jog!" It's like, Dad, you just spritzed water on your face from a bottle. Right. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching you. Right. <laughs> I, I think that's the Nightmare Before Christmas is one of those movies where Hollywood. Right, exactly. Um, and it's rare that you find that because every movie has at least some kind of weak point where you can be like, this could be tweaked, but it doesn't need to be. No, no. It's Nightmare Before Christmas is pretty much like, I think I pointed out something you can tweak the the Oogie thing. Like, mm-hmm. why is yeah. Oogie over here by himself? Why, what, what did he do? Uh, is he just antisocial? Right. Um, you kind of really don't understand anything about Oogie other than the fact that he's a gambler. And he's Jack doesn't like him and uh, or trust him, and uh, he's angry. But this is the 90s where there didn't have to be villain. Remember when movies, the bad guy was just the bad guy. Right. right. You didn't have to have a rhyme or a reason to him. He was just the bad guy. Oh, um, yeah. And I really feel like, as I'm saying, the bad guy, I really feel like... Um, Oh shit! He was uh, Dreyfus, uh, Richard Dreyfus, from Red. I'm the bad guy, you know. Yeah. As I say this, but that was how it was back in the day. I remember not giving two shits about the motivations of a bad guy. He was the bad guy. Who gives a fuck? Go get him. But you realize, as I got older, I realized no. There's absolutely everybody's a, the hero in their own story. So, like, these villains might not be villains in their mind. Except for the Joker. I'm pretty sure he knows he's a villain. Um, Yeah, he's on a different plane. Yes, I think the Joker lives in another reality and just visits from time to time. Um, That notion got played with really well in Watchmen by the comedian, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody's the hero in their own story. The comedian knew he wasn't the hero, but he acted like the hero, and he thought it was fucking hilarious that no one else got it. Right, yeah, oh yeah, I love that. And I'm sorry, he was probably one of the best things about that movie. Oh, easily, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Top Lord, Inquire. 
No, you yeah. good. I need to remove myself. So it's top tier is me, the bottom one is Simon. Huh. <laughs> Inmate? No, I hope not. No, yeah. I don't think you'd get your clearances. Um, No, no, I kind of do. You're right, though. It didn't need it. Like, I mean, it doesn't. When you played the very first Mario game, did you give a shit who Bowser was? You just needed a dinosaur shooting fireballs at you. Right. Or even a turtle. Like, I always thought he was just a turtle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I think Bowser means King Turtle or something like that. Something like that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's another. Did we do a Ninja Turtles episode? We did. I thought so. There was another one, too, though. When I first watched the Ninja Turtles cartoon, I didn't know why the hell Shredder hated us. Turtles, like. I hate turtles. Sorry, yeah, I didn't either. I didn't need to. He was the bad guy. Fuck that guy. Right. You know, Krang. I don't care why he looks like a brain in somebody's stomach. He's a bad guy. Go get him. I was curious as to why he talked so much. He did though. Nah. But think about Skeletor. Skeletor. Yeah. Um, Skeletor. Mama. It was the same kind of voice. Yeah. Um. Oogie, that's about the only thing I can think of that you need, would need tweaked, that could be tweaked, is Oogie's backstory. Because we are now in a day and age where, it, like, the only villain that I absolutely loved as a child, and still to this day, is the Joker. Yeah. Like, I cared, but that's the thing. Nobody knows his motivations. The Joker doesn't even know his motivations. Oh, yeah. Even, even It's the biggest secret in ever. Ever Even is Batman, the Joker's backstory. What he's tried to figure it out is just said, I think the Joker senses a higher level of reality than all of us. Do. Right? Like, so, I mean, Oogie doesn't need to be explained. No. Disney, don't fuck with it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, it, let's just put it this way. Some cash is not meant to help your bottom line. All right? I, they are raking in the dough with with it as it is. Oh, wait. Hold on. I know how to prevent this from happening. John Favreau, tell Disney they don't need to talk <laughs> this. Please. You're the only one that can talk sense into them. The only person who's been able to stop the merchandising of Leprechaun. For even a couple months. And then that didn't last very long because, I mean... Because they wouldn't release a baby Yoda, there were so many fucking just bootlegged baby Yodas. Yeah, I mean, but he was right. Like, don't give this away before the show starts. Right. You know, like, so yeah, John Favreau, you're our only hope. Wow, that's an idea. <laughs> right, I was getting ready to say, help us, John Favreau. You're our only hope. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I think we've kind of talked this to death. Yeah. Um, we really don't have anything. I mean, uh, there's a big clash between Oogie and Jack. Uh, there's a thread that comes off of Oogie. Jack grabs it, pulls Oogie apart. He falls into bugs. Santa Claus steps on the last bug. Everything's saved. Santa Claus fixes Christmas, makes it snow in Halloween Town. There's a new rendition of What's This sung by the res- other residents. And they kind of get the same sense that Jack got when he first visited Christmas Town. Um, Jack and Sally go off to make the weirdest kids ever. There you go. Yep. So, I mean, that's pretty much the ending in a nutshell. Um, Jack does get blown out of the sky, which is kind of wild. Yeah, he 
Dr. Finkelstein's uh, bone bone reindeer yeah. are very creepy. It's almost a visceral image in your head. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of the Thestrals from Harry Potter. Yes, that's what yeah. it makes me think of. Like, I'm actually wondering if she got the idea for the Thestrials from this. <laughs> Well, I mean, even that, but aren't there dead horses in Hades from the Greek uh, myths? Possibly. Like horses that pull Hades' chariot, aren't yeah, they no, skeletons? Yeah, chariot, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, I mean, even that borrows from this. I mean, yeah. it, what was it? I can't remember. I think it was Quentin Tarantino said, a bad artist borrows, a good artist steals. So, um, I mean, it makes sense. Right? Uh, Quentin Tarantino, who decided he was going to direct movies, by work because he worked at a fucking video store for a while and was like, you know what, I can do this, yep. and he sure as shit can. Yeah, he can write too. Yes, he can. He, uh, His first movie though, Reservoir Dogs, yeah. complete rip off of a Chinese movie. Yep, it's a shot for shot remake. <laughs> like, yeah, James Woods actually fired his agent over that movie because he was originally offered Mr. Orange. Really. I haven't seen Reservoir Dogs in so long, but the one scene that anytime you say Reservoir Dogs, it pops into everybody's head, stuck in the middle with you. Oh, yeah. Michael Madsen, man, the beer killer. Uh-huh. That's why I can never hear that song. But, hey, you know. can you hear me? Slowly, <laughs> so this is slowly spiraling to add to the... Well, we're coming to a close. We're coming to a close, so to add to that, remake for movies. Um, Barb Wire remake. They used to have, um, Sam, what's her name? They're doing a barbed wire remake? Yeah. No shit. Now, guess who's replacing Pamela Anderson? Wait, 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 wait. I got this. Um, Amber Heard. If only. <laughs> wait, no, okay. Barbed wire. It's a terrible movie with a terrible actress. Um, Kayla Kuko? No. There's nothing that's going to make me happy anymore. What? Who? I give up. Ah, really? <laughs> Fuck that. Wait, you said Jenner, so it's Kylie Jenner, I'm assuming? Ding, 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 ding. Kylie Jenner? Please see. I wish they'd just fall off the planet. I almost said, before you said that, I almost said, there's no way they could fuck this one up. Like, Kylie Jenner. Or make it worse, and then it's like Kylie Jenner, and I'm like, well, I get it now. She's going to hand the bad guy a Pepsi, and everything's going to be fine. Well... That's the, so barbed wire is a thing. It was a comic. It was a. I think yeah. it was a short-lived comic though. Yeah. Do you guys remember? That movie should have been a short-lived pitch. Right. Yeah. It, that should have been pitched right out the door. Yeah. Uh, did you guys know that Steve, uh, Stan Lee also wrote something like it? Yeah. Really? Stripperella. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> also Pam Anderson. It was Pam Anderson, wasn't it? But it was a cartoon, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a cartoon. You know that you knew Barbed Wire was going to be bad, though, when you watched that movie? Pamela Anderson was in it? Nope. <laughs> it's not even a horror movie, but it somehow failed to, like, boobs to how running time failed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was like it that. It just failed miserably. I remember being a kid secretly watching Barbed Wire. It didn't even make Julie Curtis. Nope. <laughs> Look at Timmy. That's how bad that is. Right. The <laughs> only thing they could have done to make it sure fire to fail was put Ron Jeremy in it. 
Because as soon as Ron Jeremy shows his face, it's an automatic R rating. Right. Except for Ghostbusters. I know that trivia. He shows up in Ghostbusters. It's the only movie he's in that's a rated PG-13. PG? Was Ghostbusters PG or was PG-13? I don't know. That was back when the ratings were bad. I know. So. Back when a PG-13 movie could have tits. Yep. Hey, we got Thunder Berkeley out of it. That's what, that's what it matters. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah. I mean, the fact they're remaking barbed wire, I'm like, I know it's not desperate, but... Right. I mean, will, uh, has it, is, it, is it actually going to happen? I mean, how many things get filmed and we never see it? There's a David Tennant TV series for America called Rex Morgan is Not Your Lawyer. They filmed a two-hour pilot, never saw the light of day. I've seen clips from it. It looks fucking amazing. I haven't sections. seen all of the pilot. I've seen clips from it, and it looks amazing. There are exceptions to the rule. But how bad does that other shit have to be to where I can honestly be like, oh, yeah, barbed wire was a thing. Like, that movie. Right, Jesus, fuck. Like, uh, well, barbed wire was a thing. The original, and I'm not talking about Jessica Alba one, Chris Evans one. I'm talking about the 1994 no. Fantastic Four movie that no. never saw the light of day. I've seen that. Is it bad? It. I've seen, I've stuff, seen stuff from it, but I've not seen it. I think I've seen a clip at most, but even that it was mind-blowing awful. Right? You like, said the one, the one with who in it? Not the one with Jessica Alba or Chris Evans, oh, which was which kind of originally the first one. Yeah, no, I'm that. talking about the 1994 like, slugfest that got thrown away when it got finished. The, ni- the 1994 Fantastic Four was worse than the one from like 2016. I'm pretty sure because of that movie is why James Cameron did not do Spider-Man. Mm. I have a feeling that there is a correlation to the two. There were two. Yeah, I know. I've watched them both. <laughs> I've seen them both. They came out in the 70s. See, the thing is, I said the ass off list. I know which one you're talking about in two. I've, like, you've seen them both, but, like, I know you know which one I'm talking about because it was far worse. Oh, yeah. I can't even remember much of it. I just remember going, God, this is bad. It was almost as bad. The second, one of the two, I can't remember which I'm came out sure first. they bought the costume and carted it. Yes. Like, oh, my yeah. God. It was fucking terrible. It was almost as bad as Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I almost killed Cody. <laughs> I got Hasselhoff. Fuck yeah, it was. I watched the shit out of it, though. <laughs> Generation X was pretty bad. I don't know. The, big, the moral of all of this is don't remake. Don't, don't fuck with Nightmare Before Christmas. No, yeah, don't mess with classics. It's like, there's so many ways remakes can go wrong, and if you're already doing it with a movie that no one has forgotten about and everyone still watches once a year, mm-hmm. fucking leave it alone. I mean, the first It it Chapter 1 was amazing. It was. It Chapter 2, not near as good. Yeah, no, they changed way too much. They Yeah, they changed way too much. And even though added stuff that they took out that was in the book originally. Um, I got, yeah, the 
chapters here and there about it. But I, I still have that argument with San Diego. But it wasn't scary enough. It wasn't social. No, it was. It mean, yeah. yes and no. It was all about trauma. Yeah, like it was, it was about healing the past, and I'll, I'll stand by that. Which is why I wasn't expecting Sierra Nevada Nevada. Right, I wasn't either. Yeah. When I saw it, I wasn't expecting it to be because I was just like, "There's no way." Right. This was amazing. And I, I can't see Chapter 2 being better, you know? Yeah. Although I did say that about Deadpool and Ted 2. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool 2, Dead, Ted 2. I didn't see how those two movies could be better than the first, and they succeeded. Yeah. Um, I'm terrified about Deadpool 3, if it even fucking happens. It, it really looks unlikely. Right. To, in my eyes, it looks unlikely. I think Ryan Reynolds and Disney are just butting heads too hard. Which is weird, because... <clears throat> No shit. And Disney's trying to fuck with it. And Ryan Reynolds was like, leave it alone. And they don't want to. They want to fucking, they want to fuck with it. Studio overreach. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I, uh, I, I, like I said, we have been on a tangent for at least the last 30 minutes. That's pretty much it. So, and I, we kind of wrapped up Nightmare. Disney, don't fuck with Nightmare. Leave it be. Just leave it be. Do Hocus Pocus if you want to. I wouldn't. Hocus I, Pocus 2. I could get behind a Hocus Pocus 2. I could get behind that, and I know they're supposed to be doing it. I can watch, what was it, Three Witches and the Entire Town of Earth and Shame's Young Man. Yes, that, that's all funny. Over again. Well, I watched that last night, actually. Because that's a classic, but at the same time, it could also be a... It a doesn't classic. get nearly, like... The one thing... John Wesley shit. The one thing that... Um, wait, what? Really? Yep. Huh. Uh, John, uh, see, now you fucked me up. Uh, <laughs> Hocus Pocus 2, or Hocus Pocus, <clears throat> not near as quoted as Nightmare Before Christmas. God. I think everybody remembers the I put a spell on you scene, uh-huh. the virgin lighting the candle, mm-hmm. maybe the zombie calling the one witch a, a winch, yeah. and Trollope, and all that stuff. That was right. funny. Um, and the cat. Yeah. Which is actually Proby from NCIS. Thackeray Binks wow. is Proby from NCIS. Um, McGee. I gotta watch that. McGee, yep. Timothy McGee is Zachary, is Thackeray Binks in the Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I thought, as soon as I saw it, because I, I hadn't seen it in forever, and we had just watched a bunch of NCIS, and I was like, holy fuck, it's McGee. <laughs> It's the same reason there hasn't been a remake of, like, The Princess Bride. Exactly. And it doesn't need to be a remake of The Princess Bride. Bride The Princess Bride is perfect the way it is. Nightmare Before Christmas is perfect the way it is. The best thing we could get out of a sequel, like, in a sequel, was the video game Oogie's Revenge. Yeah. And that's all we needed. It wasn't even real. It has nothing to do with canon. It's just a fun little side story that doesn't actually happen. Right. So... Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it. So, all right. I, uh. Keep your four-fingered mouse hands off this fucking No shit. Uh-huh. I did that. I was, I don't remember where we went. Fucking go, Hitler. Right? Oh, I think we were at Walmart in Bedford. I walk into Walmart in Bedford with the girls. And there's a, a Mickey plush. Just like right as you walk in. Like as you're passing the registers. 
to go in in the entrance. And I kicked it. And as I kicked it, I went, ha ha. And Genesis lost her shit. <laughs> like she just started cracking the fuck up. I don't know why. It just tickled her that day. But Disney, leave it alone. Anything else to add, guys? No, I'm good. All right, guys. I'm Kegger. Ray VG. Follow us on the bullshits. I am no longer on Facebook. Fuck Facebook. Um, I do still have Messenger, so I haven't deleted Facebook. Like, it's not on my phone, but I haven't deleted my profile just so I can keep Messenger open. Um, I have been TikToking, which is weird. Um, my kids all look at me funny. But I have more fun on TikTok than on Facebook. Um, Facebook is a wretched hive of scum and villainy now, and um, TikTok's fun. Um there's a lot of conspiracy stuff and, and aliens and cosplayers. Uh, it's just a blast, and I have fun with it. Um, fuck Facebook. Um, dude, that's all we got. Twitch. You guys Twitch. I haven't gamed. You know how long ago, how long it's been since I've gamed anything? Nice. I haven't played that. God damn, I haven't played Dead Space in so long. Nice. Halloween. I wasn't even thinking that that part. That's awesome. Yeah, Dead Space. They really did their homework trying to scare you with that game. Yeah, they did. So, um, I don't know. I say follow us on the bullshits, but really, just look for us. Spotify, uh, Podbean, iTunes. Uh, that's the only three, right? I think. Do we have four? Are we on, I think we're on Google Podcasts as well. Nice. I didn't know about that one. Okay. Hell yeah. I didn't realize we were <coughs> stretching out. Look at the um, been expanding this. I mean, he's the one that's had the most experience with this before. Yeah. He's been in the podcast before. So I am, I do feel like for Christmas, I feel like I'm going to get us all business cards. <laughs> podcast host. Business good. cards. Just because, I mean, fake it till you make it, right? With my, with my business acumen, we can reach hundreds of listeners. A dozen so, of listeners. Dozen. Uh, fuck, I don't even think my sister listens anymore. <laughs> well, she's in college, and she's been working, you know. And I actually just landed. Congrats. Hold on, i got to put this out there. Congrats to my big, or my little sis. I'm the big brother. She's the little sister. Uh, congrats to my little sister. Um, just got a gig doing 10 hours a week, $35 an hour plus tips doing massages. Right? Uh, licensed massage therapist. So, uh, k- kudos, and she's kicking ass. She just got, like, an A in her psych exam. So, oh, uh, yeah, my sister's awesome. Uh, love you, sis. Huh? Damn. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. 2020? 2020. It's still 2020. As far as celebrity deaths goes, 2020 is not near as bad as 2016. No, but. 2016 raped us. That sounds bad, but I'm just gonna in this post Epstein world, we're, it's November, so it's like we're, <laughs> we're good there. Come on, we're we're almost at the finish line. Swear to God, like I this is gonna be one of those where I'm just gonna put a star face real quick, real quick. Thank you, fucking Jesus, in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> 2021, you've got to fix this shit. All right, guys, peace. Peace.